Ladies and gentlemen, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Welcome to this edition of the Hagman Report. It is the second day of February 2018, a very historic day, I would say. A historic day in the, well, an important day in the history of, of America. Congressman Paul Goser on the FBI abuse memo will officially recommend criminal prosecution, prosecution against these traitors to our nation. Traitors uncovered? You know, I don't know how many people, uh, uh, I, I just I just don't know. I, I don't know how many people have read this memo and said, "Holy crap," or how many people have said, "Gee whiz, there's nothing to it." If you're in the former, then, um, well, you're with us because it is everything that we had said it it, it would be. And, and let me say this: the you know the that's one of the talking points on the left, calling this a nothing burger. I've seen you know a collection of, of internet that, yeah. trolls and and other people call it that, but. It should, it's not a shock. The information to the, to our audience is not a shock. No. Because we've been speculating that this is exactly what would come out of this memo. You were right on top of the, the Bruce Orr, uh, connections here and his wife on Fusion GPS. We know that they used the dossier and it presented it as an intelligence report to gain FISA warrants. That was confirmed. So it's not a shocking, uh, piece of, of news that we, when this memo is released that uh, we looked at and said, "Oh my goodness!" But it just verified what we've already been talking about and already knew. Exactly. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I don't mean this this holy, you know, holy moly business. Uh, it, 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 except to say, to see it um, in print in this three and a quarter page document, it, it, the way it's expressed, obviously, it's it's exactly what we said it would be. You're right, Joe. It's it's exactly what what, what we said. But, but look. Um, it, it, this proves a number of things, and we're, we're, we're despite gonna, what the media says, yeah. because the media has been doing mental gymnastics today, and you know they're, the the master of lies, uh, the devil, has this influence all in this. As you see, the masterful spin coming from the left, anything from this is partisan and misleading to you know this is uh, non-important. James Comey tweeting out, "That's it." So many people are trying to discredit this memo, trying to downplay this memo and the contents that are inside of it, but they're not going to be able to do that. And this is going to be a story that is not going anywhere in the coming weeks. This is the only beginning, too. the door to so many other inquiries. And now you have people calling for the release of a number of pieces of information, like the warrants that were used to piece together this memo and all the other information that's included. Get the Democratic memo out, release that. Release all the information. And let's see where this stands. The, I saw Adam Schiff on CNN just before uh, I came to the studio, and it was very interesting to see, uh, you know, the, the claims that he said that the McCabe part, that the Republicans misquoted Andrew McCabe when saying McCabe, when McCabe said that if it wasn't for the Steele dossier, they never would have gotten the FISA warrants on Carter Page. Well, Schiff was asked by Wolf Blitzer if he was misquoted. And Schiff, he didn't say he was misquoted. He just said that, well, uh, they cherry-picked what McCabe said. 
So obviously right, right. he did say that. And, you know, there's so many other ways we, we can break this down, and, and we will continue to do that. But we have uh, Ted with us. Dr. Ted Brewer is going to be joining us in this first hour to break down this, you know, bombshell report. Really, it is a bombshell report. And we have plenty of stuff so to get into, absolutely. Yes, it does. What we're talking about. But yeah. the, the intellectual and, uh, you know, propaganda, the intellectual dishonesty and the propaganda that the media protecting these uh, swamp monsters is unbelievable. And I'll say this and we'll get bring Ted on. They continue to make the case that somehow this is Donald Trump reaching an, or launching an all-out war against the FBI and against the DOJ. And this is a national security threat. It's a constitutional crisis if he fires Rosenstein. Never once do they ever mention the fact that they're the ones who started this war. Donald Trump did not launch the war. He exposed it. And these people will never say that. But Trump didn't start this. Trump was the victim of these crimes they committed. And by him exposing it, whether it helps him or not in the Mueller investigation, whether it helps him or not in the public perception of what happened to him, it doesn't matter. The facts are facts, and this proves that not only is the Mueller investigation a coordinated attack on Trump that was created by the FBI and DOJ, it also proves that Comey, Rosenstein, and many others knew it was false, passed it along as uh, class, uh, classified intelligence information anyway to get the warrants. So people are going to be in trouble. I, I, there, there will be. I, I truly believe people will be arrested for this. I believe that people will be. Uh, I, I, there, there must be arrests. Americans who are paying attention will not allow this to go unpunished. You've got the people. Um, but, but, but here's the bottom line: Barack Hussein Obama, Barry Satoro. The head ringleader of this, Hillary Clinton, is deeply involved in this. This this leads all the way to the Obama White House, and the the, the deep state. They are attempting to say no, 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 no. We can't let this happen. Look, this is Obama's mess. This is Hillary Clinton's mess. Uh, this goes to the highest levels of the bowels of of, of this uh, constitutional republic. And, and the bottom line is, we have seen a foreign agent, Christopher Steele, who who absolutely despised Trump. He was used by the Democratic Party, by the bought and paid for Hillary Clinton the, the dossier, if that's what you want to call it. Um, the Hillary Clinton campaign who paid for this this 35-page uh, piece of trash that was used as a basis for the FISA warrant against uh, uh, against Donald Trump and, and, and the, the members of his transition team. Um, this, look, you've got former FBI Director James Comey. How dare this individual? How dare him? How dare Rod Rosenstein? How dare Loretta Lynch? How dare Barack Obama? How dare... Hillary Clinton. These people are creeps. At best, they're creeps. And by the way, they're Bruce Orr, Nellie Orr. Uh, you, you want me to name Bill Priestep? Remember that name, Bill Priestep. Um, Lisa Page, and of course, Batman, Peter Strzok. What a, what a, uh, I'm serious. All right. These sacks of skin. All right, uh, you've got, you've got, uh, uh, Rosenstein. Get him the hell out of the, he, 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 I'll you tell you what, if I, said? Well, you better lawyer up and get him the hell out of there. 
if they fire, if he fires Rosenstein, this is a constitutional crisis. It's a, it already is a constitutional crisis. It Wake is. the hell up! Yeah. It's a constitutional crisis in America right effing now, and not because of anything Trump did. We have Dr. Ted Brewer with us. Dr. Ted, I just got word from Tech Eric that we have you connected, but we don't have your video feed. Well, I can probably fix the video feed. Can you see me? We can see through you, and the reason we can is because I want to tell you this uh, broadcast is brought to you by uh, uh, HealthMasters.com. If you ever want to, if you ever want to really, I mean, get get uh, focused up, um, Cogniquil. This is the stuff. This is the stuff, baby, right here. You can't see it, really. Can you see it, Cogniquil? Okay, this is the 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 uh, attention factor stuff. All right. Um, a couple of these, and you'll be able to see around walls, through walls. Uh, it's like, you know, you'll have x-ray vision. Your brain, this, the synapses and stuff in your brain will be firing on all cylinders. This attention factor is absolutely fantastic. I, Ted, I, I don't know, am I allowed to... Sh- Oops, maybe I... The, the, I didn't. I, I I saw the picture and I'm just looking at this bottle. I'm thinking, I maybe. Me. Anyway. Hey, Doug. I don't know. I I've got my camera ready to go, but I don't see me in. I don't know if you see me or not. Um. No. No, we don't, we don't see, see you. Well, I can. I again. I can. I, no. I, I think. I think. Try the camera right here. Hang on one second. At least I shaved today. Yeah. The product's called the Tension Factor. That's the wrong bottle as far as the label on that. So, one, sorry about that. We'll it, use the one on the website. People will never find that product. I, I was going to say. Yeah. I apologize for that. Wrong bottle. <laughs> And we got your video up. So. There you go. Can you see us now? Yes. Shame on me. Shame on me. But uh, yeah. But but let me talk about this thing with the Pfizer thing. That we'll talk for a second about the attention factor. Uh, what's interesting about this is that we've got a situation here in which, like you said, Doug, we've got a constitutional crisis. We've got you know Deputy Assistant Director of the FBI Andrew McCabe. He knew the facts. Yet he considered to engage in this contact. Uh, General Attorney General Sally Yates. She's continued to do it. She knew what was going on. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, which needs to be in jail, uh, basically knew this, but he participated in these facts. In short, this is the absolute highest levels of the FBI and the Justice Department were terrifyingly corrupt and doing this to the American people and doing this to Donald Trump, trying to directly influence the American election and destroy the Republican Party, destroy Donald Trump's chances, all trying to get Hillary Clinton into office. I mean, this is an absolute disaster, and it is a constitutional crisis, like you said, and the least of any of these guys is Rosenstein. He should be absolutely and totally tarred and feathered and put in jail for what he's done. And it's a massive, massive mess, Doug. What do you guys think? No, oh, man. You know, it's more than a mess. I mean, and this is the tip of the spear when it comes to what information is going to be coming out. This is going to lead to a number of other investigations. Definitely going to lead to a special counsel investigation on the abuse of the surveillance court and Rod Rosenstein, James Comey, Sally Yates, and others, McCabe, might be in legal trouble. Because in the memo, it not only outlines that they used the unverified Steele dossier in order to gain these warrants, misrepresenting them as intelligence right. documents, but right. and it also shows that they knowingly, knowing that information, they signed off on the uh, warrants, as well as the judges did. So they... Uh, is that fraud? Look, look, look. look is that look, fraud? What is that? It's, it's, if you knowingly sign well, off on yeah, uh, material. Well, it's it's, it's perpetrating fraud on the court. Right. Okay, so, so number one, you're, you're right. And they used uh, this circular, uh, uh, they they still leaked information to, to Yahoo News, for example. Yep. And Yahoo um, was basically used as a basis of verification of, of, yeah. of steel. 
Uh, and Steele uh, leaked that which, information to Yahoo, which it was his right, report. Right. Subsequently, that verified his own report. So e- either either the judge, who I believe is to is Rudy uh, Contreras, uh, e- either he was uh, buffaloed by this. And now understand, Ted. I mean, uh, uh, FISA warrants are anywhere between fifty to a hundred pages in, in length. Okay, or FISA warrant applications. Um, so the 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 lies that went into this. Well, 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 Doug. Can you imagine how deep this must go into the actual Clinton administration, into the Obama administration, and oh, how yeah. deep this 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 treachery is going to go into the you know annals of history as one of the worst things that's ever happened in the United States? This eclipses Watergate. Oh. Watergate was a joke for this. I mean, this was the absolute attempt by the Democratic Party with Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton to discredit a presidential candidate and influence the course of the elections by putting out completely fraudulent information, including the bugging of Trump Towers and all the other things they did with this warrant. This is a major, major nightmare, and these guys really need to be prosecuted. And now we're going to find out just how much power Donald Trump has how much power the deep state has as to what the deep state's going to do and what Donald Trump's going to do if he will have the, I should say, chutzpah to go in and tackle this mess. Because, you know, deep in the Democratic Party are all of these activists, you know, with George Soros and all the other people that we've talked about so many times on your show that are not going to sit still. They're out there already saying this whole thing's fake. This has never happened. This is all fraudulent information. It's all obfuscation. And the sad part about this is, is if they get away with this again, and Trump doesn't do anything. I remember, I remember right after the election when Hillary won, you know, Trump came out and said, well, you know, Hillary's really a good person. I know him, her and Bill, and I'm just going to go ahead and kind of let bygones be bygones. And I'm paraphrasing this, but I, you know, they're really good people and they're not good people. These people are corrupt to the core all the way back to the Rose Law Firm with all of the patent work and legislation that she did back, you know, in the 90s and in the 80s, which is a Rose Law Firm, and all the stuff that happened in Rose Law Firm, including the burning of an entire floor of Rose Law Firm, all the drugs, all the things they were bringing in with Bill Clinton through MENA, Arkansas, all of this stuff that we know now is absolutely a fact, and yet these Clintons are going to continue to skate on all of this stuff unless Trump goes in and actually says, I'm going to do something to stop this. The problem that we have, Doug and Joe, is that this deep state narrative runs so thick to this entire group of people that Hillary Clinton knows where all the bodies are buried. And if Trump tries to go in there and tries to release a lot of this information about these people or tries to prosecute them, we may have all hell break loose in the government in Washington, D.C., which yeah. I believe it already has, simply because of the release of this information. Yeah, you know, it, it, but, but let, the, let, the, let the hell break loose. That's, that's, that's right. You know, look, the um, Gosar is... Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, is calling for the, uh, essentially for the jailing or the uh, uh, criminal investigation and filing the charges against people like uh, uh, Sally Yates, uh, James Comey, McCabe, and Rod Rosenstein. As well, as well as the, as well as you should, um, but, but uh, and you're right. We are going to find out in short order exactly how far, how, how deep this deep state really is. And if I were Donald Trump right now, but but, uh, but I tell you what, he, he was pretty cagey about about this, and I, I love how he did this, how he uh, allowed this release. Um, you know, it was after the State of the Union, before the Super Bowl. He had the time. He, he did, it, did it very deliberately. But and by the way, the FBI threatened. Uh, and I talked about this today. I just want to say thank you to Alex Jones for allowing me to host the show today. Uh, it'll never be the same now. People <laughs> won't watch it, but um, or at least not when I want. But, but, but I got to say this: um, the FBI went. I think it was yesterday 
was it yesterday or the day before, and uh, paid uh, Flynn uh, a visit, or Kelly a visit, I'm sorry, the chief of staff, and uh, urged them not to release the memo, and he did anyway. So, I don't know, Ted. Um, yeah, you've got uh, you've got a number of people here. Uh, and by the way, since when do, do we use places like uh, CrowdStrike and Fusion GPS, raw intelligence, give them raw intelligence? This is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, well, well, but you, yeah, but they always think about something else. What else is going on right now that they don't want us to know about? What else is being obfuscated in the news they don't want about? No want us to know about. Today on my show with Austin, I reported on what's going on with Steve Paddock in the corner up in La- over in Las Vegas. I mean, he's now refusing to release the autopsy information yeah. on Steve Paddock, and now they're saying that the autopsy says that Steve Paddock was basically six foot one, but he was six foot four. They're saying that he has brown eyes, but now they're saying he really had blue eyes. And now this corner is absolutely scared to death to release the information. Who in the world was in charge of that false flag? What in the world is going on in Vegas? How does it tie into all of this stuff? I mean, we have all of this information, Doug, about all of these things that are going on. And then Donald Trump says something very, very strange today. He makes the comment, and this kind of just absolutely floored me that he said this. And I want to quote this on it. He said basically what we're having here is he says he wants to unite America without a major event, quote, unquote. I mean, what in the world is Trump talking about a major event uniting the United States? I mean, are we talking about some type of nuclear war? Are we talking about an asteroid strike? Are we talking about some pandemic? Are we talking about another massive false flag? I mean, what is Donald Trump saying with that? He's quoting a major event hitting the United States to unite the country. I mean, this is some weird rhetoric coming from the leader of the free world. So I don't know what's going on, Doug. What are they trying to hide with this FISA memo? And are we really going to have heads roll? Are we really going to have people arrested for this? I mean, it seems so far that the entire Obama administration basically gets a skate on everything they've done. I mean, look what happened in Libya, for heaven's sakes. Nobody's been arrested for Libya. Now the statute of limitations, according to you know what I've read, has run out for any kind of prosecution on Hillary Clinton for what's happened with that. So we've got some really big, weird stuff happening all over the planet right now, and we need to really ask ourselves a simple question. What is really going on? What are these international bankers that are running the entire show through their polarities they develop. They say they have a positive and negative polarity, and they can turn the axis of the planet any way they want to do it based on public opinion using, of course, as we know, Tavistock programming and the control of the media that they have. So why are they allowing this Pfizer to be released? Are there two elements of the government that are so rogue against each other, fighting against each other now? One is supporting Trump, one's against Trump. I mean, why hasn't Trump fired so many of these people that are deep Democratic operatives? Why has he brought so many people into the White House, into his general staff, who have to have, they have voted against him in the general election and voted for Hillary Clinton. Why is his? Why is Jared Kushner still there with his deep ties to Soros, Soros and, and cadre development? I mean, what's really going on, Doug and Joe? And we've got to keep our focus on those types of things too, because guys, we've got a major problem right now. We have total corruption exposed in Washington D.C. now with the documenting facts to prove that this has been done. And now we've got the major, the government is going to be in a complete and total uproar all weekend because of this, doing damage control. But we've got to stay focused on what's really going on, and we've got to hold everybody's feet to the fire. You remember, Doug and Joe, a year ago when Donald Trump won the election, before he took office, I was talking to you guys on the show, and I said, we'll really find out who in the world's running this country with the deep state or Donald Trump or whoever else is if the chemtrails stop. 
Well, the chemtrails in Florida have been so bad this year, it's the worst I've ever seen in January. I mean, they have been spraying and spraying and spraying us, and now again here in February, they're starting the same thing over again. I mean, we have beautiful blue skies again today here in Central Florida, and within about four or five hours of spraying, we have complete and total overcast again. So who's really running all of this stuff? And again, I refer back to the show that I did a few weeks ago with you guys, in which the international banking community says, after they actually, one of the top guys who was involved with this with Kuhn Loeb, he said that they're the ones that are controlling the narrative on both sides of the equation to control the positive and the negative, to control the entire outcome and do exactly what they want to do with their sabotaging Kabbalist literature as far as turning everything upside down to resurrect, I guess, their serpent god. I have no idea what these guys believe or what they don't believe, but that all sounds crazy to me, Doug and Joe. Well, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, and as far as what what Trump said, Ted, I think um, he was talking about, you know, how Ronald Reagan said, oh, if aliens were to come in, you know, yeah. it would unify us all, or how 9-11 did it. I don't know that he was saying, you know, something like that's going to happen. I think he was saying it would take something like that to happen, uh, you know, to well, unify Well, let, let, me, let, me, let me read you the story. This is from E.J. Griffin. E. J. Griffin. Uh, he said that President Trump says he wants to unite America without a major event. This is E. Edward Griffin. And, he, and it's, it's an interesting synopsis of it. He goes, while dining with TV reporters, President Trump said, I would love to be able to bring back our country in a great form of unity. Then he added, without a major event where people pull together. He goes, that's hard to do, but I would like to do it without a major event because usually the may, that major event is not a good thing. Now, E.J. Griffin says, is he referring to an event like Pearl Harbor 9-11? We agree with him wholeheartedly, but it is unnerving that a major event is not a good thing. It's still on the table at his second choice. One can only wonder if the president has been briefed on the possibility of another Pearl Harbor or 9-11 with the result that he would have no choice as the nation's leader but to establish the kind of unity that comes with public fear and martial law. From perspective of the deep state, Trump would be the ideal person for that task, and this is good, because his supporters who might vigorously object to such actions administered by someone like Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama would meekly accept it if administered by him. Now, we need to know that this possibility is on his mind. This is according to Griffin. Now, what's also interesting about this guy, he's right about this. The Trump followers are absolutely hardcore Trump followers. Now, don't get me wrong. I voted for Donald Trump. I promoted Donald Trump over the witch of Benghazi because I did not want a woman in the White House who was promoting pedophilia, bestiality, all of the things that they want to do, open borders, all of this stuff, to destroy the very fabric, the very culture of the United States. This week, I, I did a show with Austin. We did the show every day from 3 to 4, immediately following your show every night, Doug, on Global Star. And I talked about Donald Trump's really, really good you know, presidential speech that he did, the State of the Union Address. Now, now, some people misinterpreted me when I said he did a good job on that by my endorsement of Donald Trump. They're saying you're endorsing what he's been doing. I didn't say that. I said he did a very good nationalistic speech, which actually helped his base to coalesce again and basically decide, hey, look, Donald Trump's doing a great job. Now, let's look at the stock market and all the other things that are going on. The tax returns and the tax breaks have not even taken effect yet. They haven't really people got it. They haven't got that hasn't gotten into the economy. What's happened here? And the reason this economy is doing so well is that the Federal Reserve Bank, at the time, in, in, 19, in 2007, when the, when the crash took place, the M1 money supply was just under $1 trillion. That means the total money in circulation globally was just under $1 trillion. That's not much cash. And so we had these huge cash shortages because of all the derivatives that were being done. 
That's when Paulson came in and said, you know, we've got to print almost a trillion dollars to get this thing focused again. And we did. We had quantitative easing to infinity for many, many years. And now we have trillions of dollars that they've also printed in off-book balance sheets that we have no idea where the money is. It's just gone. They won't even tell us what they did with the money. So we have this massive amount of cash that is stockpiled, bought up a lot of toxic assets. And now a lot of these corporations that were doing badly are rife with cash because they borrowed this money, a lot of these international banking cartels, and they bought back their own stocks, which had pushed the prices up. Plus, the international banking cartel is doing the exact same thing they did in the Weimar Republic in 1921, 22, and 23. They're buying up the entire New York Stock Exchange with the fiat currency they printed and off-book balance sheets, allowing these international banks and Federal Reserve systems around the world to own our New York Stock Exchange, which has also pushed up the value of stocks. This is exactly what happened in 1920, and 22 in the Weimar Republic. If you lay a graph on top of itself and show both of these stock market growths, this is exactly what happened in Germany. The stock market in Germany was the envy of the world in 2021 and 22 after the Versailles Treaty and after they basically started hyperinflating the currency. Look what's happening in our market. Now, mind you, it did drop 600 points today, probably because of the Pfizer release for some other reason. Who knows? They could start contracting the M1, but they got a lot of M1, a lot of M1 to contract now. The problem with all of this stuff is, guys, is that this banking community is doing the same thing, pushing these stock prices up. This has not been because of Donald Trump's deregulation. Those deregulations are going to take years to start affecting the economy. This is directly because of the bank's intervention in monetary policy over the past 10 years and the huge amount of money that has been printed in off-book balance sheets and Federal Reserve, quote-unquote, banks all over the world, Rothschild-owned, that are now buying up our stock market. So Donald Trump's lowering, increasing the stock market, Donald Trump's lowering unemployment, all of these things, has very little to do with Donald Trump because remember, it was the same Federal Reserve Bank in 1913 that loosened the M1, started printing money, more and more money, when they took over the economy by taking over the Federal Reserve, by, by setting up the Federal Reserve Bank. And then in the 20s, they started really, really printing money, causing this inflation in the 20s, the roaring 20s. Then in 1929, they immediately contracted the M1, which took all of that money back out of circulation. And when that happened, all of a sudden, people were like, whoa, where'd all the cash go? And the stock market collapsed. This is this pump and dump strategy they've done now since 1929. And every single time they do that, they, they take huge amounts of the assets that were created and corporations that were created, and they seize them and they buy control of them. And, guys, this is what I believe is going on right now. We, are, we can lay that dog on the monetary policy of the, of the Weimar Republic right on top of what's going on right now with the and U.S. Ted, we'll talk about this when we come back. We're up against our first break. We'll be right back with Dr. Ted Brewer after these short messages. Don't go anywhere. Back to this Friday, Groundhog Day, February 2nd edition of the Hagman Report. I don't know how many saw 
the groundhog this morning, but they pulled him out from inside a room. How can he see a shadow or not from inside a room with no sunlight? Doesn't make sense. Don't so care. Instead of uh, six, or we're gonna have six weeks uh, worth of winter uh, compared to what, like five weeks and five days, or what? You know? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't trust the groundhog. It's a just a you know a tradition that they they do there every year. But also in other news, the Dow Jones lost six hundred and sixty-five point seven five points today. All on good economic news, though, as the jobs numbers are out and they were uh, pretty high. Fears of inflation is what is uh, seems to be stemming this little correction or setback as wage rises the most since 2009. Wages have rised the most since 2009. So a little confusion in the markets today as the inflation worries are there and the Federal Reserve saying that they're going to continue to increase interest rates. So even though you saw a small correction today, and if you see one in the next few days, the market's open, that's no big deal. I see the Dow going to 30,000, but you'll see these little days when you have long time periods of, of tremendous gains, you're going to have days like this. So not really a big deal from what I can tell. And, uh, Ted, you got a new product I know you want to talk about. Well, yeah, the, the attention factor is a phenomenal product. It's the, you know, we've been talking about it. We tried to, we test marketed it a few weeks ago to see how it would work. And what it is, it's, it's a, it's basically a increased cognitive function, you know, when you're under stress of fatigue. But it's not a classical stimulant because it doesn't raise heart rate, but it causes you to have tremendous energy focus. It increases your exercise capacity. It preserves adrenal reserve. It does not bump up norepinephrine or epinephrine or ep- your adrenals. Uh, it doesn't cause fatigue or neurocognitive decline or, or anything else. But what it does do, it basically, you know, increases your energy levels and gives you tremendous focus. Personally, if I had a child who had ADD or ADHD, I would absolutely try this product first before I put that child on a product like Ritalin or Adderall, which is basically an amphetamine salt especially the Adderall, which is basically one of those things that has like four minutes, you know, amphetamine salts, all-time release, which are scheduled two drugs in the same category as morphine, opium, percodan, and demerol. So this product is specifically designed to focus you. I know I don't take it at night because if, if you take it late at night, it has a tendency to mess up your sleep patterns. I don't like that. But the other morning I took some, and I had probably the best workout I've had in five years, probably had the best talk show that afternoon that I've had, in, in, you know, in the last year because I was so mentally acute as far as what I was doing. So if you've got a problem with adrenal fatigue or if you've got a problem with focus or you've got a problem that you're not getting things done and you need to stay more productive, this is that product. And right now we've got it on sale for 25% off. Oh, I love if it. The, yeah, yeah. If, you use, if you use the coupon DUG25, DUG25, uh, you know, it's called attention factor. And what it does, it really, really, really does what you want it to do without causing any of the other problems. Let me give you some information on it. This is a, a really good product to improve focus, attention, concentration, and mood. It actually, uh, it helps the, uh, it help, it may actually help with gout too, some studies have shown. Animal studies show that it improves neurotransmitter and neuromotor performance in a non-habituation product. In other words, what it does, it doesn't cause you to have to take larger and larger amounts like coffee would do to get the same effect. Animal studies show that you have reduced, reduced tissue necrosis and basically you have faster recovery. Also, looking at glucose, it helped to increase neurotransmitters of the brain like basically serotonin. And the human studies showed that it reduced perceived fatigue and anxiety by over 50%. It doubled perceived energy motivation to exercise and concentrate, and it doubled the perceived LIBO, the LIBO, or sex drive. 
effects were non-habitual, just as effective with the last dose as the first dose. I want you to repeat that. When I was in college, Doug and Joe, I used to drink a lot of coffee. Because when you're in graduate school, they make you read an inordinate amount of material. You're always reading. And I was always up reading. And I would actually, this is this is terrible to admit this, and it's one of the reasons I probably have some health issues later on. But I would actually stack coffee and iced tea. I'd drink coffee and iced tea at the same time because I'd be literally reading for six to eight hours at a time, getting ready for midterms, getting ready for papers, getting ready to study. And a very unhealthy habit. The problem was, the reason I was doing that, it, t- it took increased amounts all of the time of the coffee or the iced tea to get me mentally focused. This stuff doesn't do that. It doesn't have to have larger and larger amounts. The effects are just as effective with the first dose as the last dose. 200 milligrams was the optimal dose. Peak is about 90 minutes after you take the product. You need to take it on empty stomach if you really want to get it to kick you pretty hard. And it's been a really good product for us to try. And it's, it really, really helps with cognition through your brain, with focus, with mood, with energy. Uh, it may be able to be able to work with drug addiction as a step-down process for caffeine and non-caffeine users. For those who are seeking a clean, non-jittery, sustained energy product without the use of caffeine, this is probably it. But now, the studies are showing that it doesn't cause a problem with sleep disturbance. And I know, Doug, it doesn't do that with you. But with me, it did affect my sleep. Quite frankly, it gave me so much energy that that evening I had a hard time sleeping, but I took it around 3 o'clock in the afternoon before my show. But like I said, it was the best show that I've done in a long, long time. So at that part of it is mixed. Some people, it affects their sleep. Some people, it does not. But it's called Attention Factor, Doug 25. I normally don't promote a product like that on the show and just do a straight promotion like this. But it's brand new, just released it. Plus, we use magnesium in it that actually can help penetrate the blood-brain barrier and methylcobalamin, which is basically B12, to basically facilitate its transport. So it's a phenomenal product that works really, really, really well. And I tell you what, guys, it'll really give you a kick in the butt if you give it a chance. Look, I'll tell you, I've noticed that in in all seriousness, I've noticed a a dramatic difference in my ability to concentrate on the, on various, look, I've got really thousands of pages of notes and, um, it's difficult at times to really follow complex investigations, but yet, uh, via attention factor. Uh, I've been able to, to accomplish what I need to accomplish. I've noticed a difference. And I've also noticed it, it's not affecting my, my sleep pattern. So I would urge everyone, um, this by far is the best. And I told Ted, this is, and, and I'm not getting paid to say this, this is the best product by far I've ever taken for, um, mental clarity. For, I, I, I don't, it's, it's energy, yes. But it's not really that, that, you know, that hyped up energy, as you said. So, attention factor. And at the, and I gotta tell you, it's not, it, it is not inexpensive in terms of, um, other products on the market, but it is well worth every cent. And with Doug 25, Doug 25, Doug 25. Now, now, now I must it. also say that, that Doug 25 only works for that product. That, that's right. <laughs> it's not across the right. website. I don't want to make people think they're, because that, that is not what it does. It's for one product only tonight with the Doug 25. And I, that's, and the reason I did that is I want you guys to try the product because we're introducing it tonight and I want you guys to know it's probably the, it's the best product that does what it does that, that I've ever seen. I've never seen anything else do what this product does. In fact, like I said, I took this product before my workout that morning. Yeah, I mean, I was hitting the weights. I felt like an anti-gravity wave had gone through the gym. My mental acuity was sharp. I mean, I was so sore the next day. I thought, wow, that's pretty cool being 62 years old and training this hard. But it's one of those things. You know, I can't suggest that somebody takes it every single day. But before I would take a 
stimulant that was addictive and hazardous to your health, I would take this every single day. In other words, if I was addicted to coffee, I would take this product instead, and you're going to probably get the same kind of effect from it. But remember, if you do come off of coffee quickly, you're going to get a caffeine withdrawal headache if you're really addicted to it. So you need to taper it off before you do that. Because I know when I was drinking that 18 cups of coffee a day, Doug, I had to come off of it like two cups. I came off of two cups a day, 18 to 16 to 14 to 12 to 10, all the way down to like one cup. And finally, when I finally discontinued the one cup, I ended up having a caffeine withdrawal headache, and it was the pits. But it just is what it is. Coffee elevates cortisol. This product doesn't do that. Cortisol is a stress hormone, and it basically makes you age very, very quickly. But I want to talk about something else now. This yeah. is something that I, I want. There's something that, I, that really is important here, and I want to know why I cover some stuff. Well, one quick thing I want to say about this. The CDC director has resigned. This is crazy. The scandalous CDC director resigns after caught. And this is Center for Disease Control. She's being caught buying shares of the vaccine maker Merck while heading the CDC uh-huh. along with tobacco stocks. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, this shows you, again, the CDC is in bed with junk food companies, vaccine manufacturers, and big tobacco. And I cannot believe this lady was doing this, got busted for it, and quit. What an absolute joke this lady is as far as what she believes and what she does, buying all of this stuff, basically approving all of these products. And it's sad to me. But now what I want to talk about one more thing, too, is what's going on with 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 sugar and high fructose corn syrup in the American population and why sugar primarily, high fructose, high, some people call it fructose, corn syrup, is so addictive. Now, what people don't understand, Doug, is the amount of hidden sugars through corn syrup that's in almost every single processed food that we eat. Remember, about 33% of the population right now no longer even knows how to cook. You're looking at what's that, 100 million, over 100 million people can't cook. I mean, they can't really boil water. They can't do much of anything. They eat out with fast food restaurants or processed foods they throw in the microwave every single day, and that's all they eat. And what's happening is because they're doing that, they're getting themselves addicted to this type of food. Now, let me give you some information. This was an interesting guy. His name's Lustig, and he is a uh, endocrinologist. And I want to read you part of what he said about sugar and its addiction. I'm going to talk about the difference between what dopamine does and what serotonin does. This is very, very important information for those who are listening. And years for the years, I've been trying to figure out what's peculiar about the American culture that's driving the opioid, the obesity, and the depression crisis. And then all of a sudden, we saw this information on from Dr. Robert Lustig. And Lustig is a professor of endocrinology at the UCSF where he specializes in neuroendocrinology and childhood obesity. He's the author of Hacking the American Mind, in which he reveals a massive, basically, collusion that exists between an American ideology and, basically, consumerism. And he says that pleasure is short-lived and happiness is long-lived, and that pleasure is visceral and happiness is ethereal. Pleasure is taking, happiness is giving. Pleasure can be achieved with substances Happiness cannot be achieved with substances. Pleasure is experienced alone, and happiness is experienced in social groups. Now, let me tell you what he's talking about. When you ingest high fructose corn syrup, what it does, it triggers the brain to release dopamine. Now, dopamine is that feel-good chemical your brain puts out that basically gives you, like, a pleasure sensation. In other words, you, you drink, you know, a soda and you release dopamine, and you feel high from it, from the pleasure. It's the same thing that is triggered when people watch pornography. It's the same thing when, that is triggered when people take opiates. It's the same thing that's triggered, basically, when people drink 
you know, large amounts of coffee or even small amounts of coffee. It triggers the dopamine. Now, dopamine and serotonin are two different chemicals, two different pathways in the body. When you get a lot of dopamine being produced, the body automatically down-regulates that. It's like, for instance, when you take morphine because you've got pain, the body will start down-regulating that pain pill almost immediately. So you need larger and larger amounts of the morphine to stop the pain because the dopamine is not being released like it was. Now, when this happens, you start to reach tolerance with these types of drugs. And once you keep pushing past tolerance, the neurons start to die, and that's called addiction. Then you need more and more and larger and larger amounts, which is what's fueling the opioid crisis in the United States with people taking larger and larger amounts of heroin or fentanyl trying to get the same high that they can never get the first time they have the high because the body automatically down-regulates this pleasure hormone in the brain called dopamine. Now, serotonin is different. Serotonin is what gives us the peace and the happiness on the inside. Serotonin is, I guess, what the Bible would call the righteousness, peace, and joy through the infilling of the Holy Spirit because you have this huge amount of serotonin in the brain. Now, right now, we've got about 30% of the population of the United States taking serotonin reuptake inhibitors. There's a reason for that. The dopamine down-regulates serotonin. In other words, when you're constantly eating and drinking high fructose corn syrup or, or looking at pornography or doing all of these drugs, you down-regulate serotonin production. And when that happens, you're constantly trying to get more dopamine into your system to try to get your pleasure back up, but you're staying miserable. This is what happens with aspartic acid when people are drinking diet sodas. There are aspartic acid receptor sites in the brain cells that release dopamine. And so when you drink aspartic acid, which is, you have the three three ingredients in, in aspartame, phenylalanine, aspartic acid, and methanol, which is paint thinner. When you drink diet sodas, this aspartic acid in the brain stimulates these neural cells to release dopamine. The problem is it takes larger and larger amounts of this soda to do the same thing. But in the meantime, while you're elevating the dopamine with the diet sodas because of the aspartic acid, you're also decreasing serotonin. So the more pleasure you get from the drinking, the less happy you become and the more depressed you get. This is what they're doing to us on purpose in the United States right now with the food that they're giving us. They've turned us all into junk food junkies and addicts because of the high fructose corn syrup. Now, let's talk about this a little bit more. The more pleasure you seek, the less happy you become. The more dopamine you secrete, the less serotonin. Now, there are several things that you can do to help eliminate this and elevate serotonin levels. Number one is you've got to connect with groups. You've got to stay away from the computer for all hours of the day and night. You've got to talk to people. You can do Skype. You can do anything because you see people's facial expressions. You're connecting. This doesn't mean texting people. It means talking to people in person, face-to-face, and not being a hermit sitting in your house watching YouTube videos all day. That's what this means. It means you actually actually communicate face-to-face with people. Secondly, you need to learn to be a giver. Because what they found out is when you give things to people, you increase serotonin. In other words, let me, what do I mean by that? If you're working for a civic group or a group like Boy Scouts or, or Girl Scouts or you're giving money to your church or other civic organizations that are good causes, unlike, you know, George Soros' group, if you're doing things that are really doing good things for people, you actually have a tendency to cope better and you actually upregulate. You start producing more serotonin because you're not needing all of this dopamine transition. Plus, you need to make sure you get enough sleep. Because sleep and exercise also elevate serotonin, and they also increase cortisol when you don't sleep and you don't exercise. So you really need to make sure that you get enough sleep and get enough exercise. But also remember, if you exercise for more than like 30 minutes really intensely in a given day, you start to elevate cortisol again. So it's counterproductive, and you'll actually cause muscle wasting if you do that. 
And also you need to realize that we all need to cook, and we need to cook a lot more because we need to have foods that are going to be natural and good for you. Now, there are several things that you can do as far as supplementation to increase serotonin levels. Now, if you are taking a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, you cannot take 5-HTP. Just be aware of that. You get too much serotonin going at one time, it's not good, and it can drop off abruptly. Now, remember, when you take the, when you take the things like Prozac, the, the, the serotonin reuptake inhibitors, it causes huge amounts of serotonin to be left in the brain cells, which gives you that feeling of calmness and happiness. Now, the problem with that is the serotonin reuptake inhibitors do something. They don't allow the serotonin to be reabsorbed properly back into the brain, which prevents the, re, re, the, prevents the continued production of serotonin. So what happens is at one point in time, you'll have a sudden drop of serotonin. And also you go, oh, my God, I can't believe how depressed I am, and you go hang yourself or you go shoot yourself or you go jump off a bridge or you, whatever. That's why these serotonin reuptake inhibitors have a black box warning warning you that they can cause suicide. So be really aware of what you're taking when you take products like this. That's why children are warned never to take these types of drugs because it massively increases the risk of suicide in children. A couple of years ago, Doug, I had written about my, that one book that I have. It's called uh, Maximum Solutions to ADD, Autism, and Learning Disability in Children. I wrote this book like 18 years ago. And after the book came out, I was warning people about these SRI, these serotonin reuptake inhibitors like Prozac with kids. And I, I'll never forget this. I was on the back porch and a guy called me up and he'd gotten my number and he calls me up and he started, he was crying. And I said, dude, what are you, what, what's wrong? He said, he just kept crying. I said, look, I said, I don't know what to tell you. I said, I can't talk to you. This, this is a full grown male. And he goes, Ted, I don't know what to tell you. I've got to, I've got to talk to you. I said, okay. He goes, I ordered your book like three months ago. And the, the publisher delayed it coming out for various reasons, which is what a lot of publishers do. And he goes, I knew I had a son who was having some issues in school. And so the school counselor suggested that I take him to a psychiatrist or to a medical doctor to put him on Prozac. This kid was like an honor student, you know, president of the class, you know, straight A's, was an athlete. He started getting depressed. We put him on Prozac. And within three weeks on Prozac, I found him hanging in his room dead in the ceiling fan. Now, the reason I'm telling you these stories is this is not, I don't make this stuff up. And I said to the guy, I said, I'm so sorry because if I'd only read the book, if I'd only read the book. Now, I'm not trying to market the book anymore. The book's outdated, but it's got some good information and you can buy it on Amazon for probably a penny, you know, as far as in the used book section. But the reality is this. It is a major problem with kids committing suicide. And when you look back at all these school shootings, almost every single time, and I did that in this book, every single time it's linked back to these serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So guys, there's natural ways to get the serotonin up. One of them is 5-HTP. Number two is you've got to get some cod liver oil into your system and make sure that it's basically molecularly distilled and it doesn't have heavy metals in it. It's got to be tested. Everything we test at the office, we test for heavy metals. And number three, you've got to take methylated B vitamins. I can't tell you how important it is that your B vitamins are methylated because if you don't take the methylated B vitamins, it, it basically, in about 30% of the population, they simply don't work, that your liver can't process them, and you don't get any results out of them. Now, this is part of our healthy brain protocol we have at the office at healthmasters.com. And, guys, it's important that you understand that these food manufacturers are intentionally putting fructose into your food to trigger a dopamine response. The average American consumes about... 37 teaspoons of sugar per person per day. It's over 100 pounds per person per year, and it's almost all fructose. That's why these people get addicted to sugar and get addicted to food. This is why people who have the problem with addictions like pornography or alcohol or whatever they have, 
they have a tendency to eat more food and to watch more porn and to basically drink more alcohol and all these different things because of what it's doing from the pleasure center standpoint. But remember, every time you elevate this dopamine, you're down-regulating serotonin. And every time you elevate dopamine, it down-regulates itself, so you need increasingly larger stimuli in order to get the same effect. Now, let me read you a couple more things that he wrote. He said, the serotonin basically creates happiness, the dopamine creates pleasure. They're, these are the two neurochemicals that the brain makes and uses to communicate between one brain cell and another. It turns out that dopamine excites the next neuron, and when they're excited too much too frequently, they die. So the neuron has a defense mechanism against too much dopamine. What it does, it reduces the number of receptors that are available to be stimulated in an attempt to try to mitigate the damage. This is called downregulation. You see that with drugs. That process is called downregulation, and a lot of different chemicals in the body do that. You get hit, you get a rush, the receptors get downregulated. Next time you need to get a bigger hit to get the same rush because there are fewer receptors to occupy, and then you need bigger hit and bigger hit and bigger hit, and finally you're at tolerance, and then the neurons start to die, and that's called addiction. Serotonin, however, is inhibitory. It is not excitatory. It inhibits the receptor to provide contentment. You can't overdose on serotonin. It binds and it doesn't activate the process beyond the receptor. It basically slows down the neurons instead of causing the fire up, and in doing so, you end up with a process of contentment. Now, this is why it's so important because, you know, all of these folks in Hollywood, they trigger you now. The, the, these, these cell phones, they trigger a dopamine response. That's why you're constantly checking your messages, constantly checking your messages, constantly checking your messages to get these feel-good chemicals going. That's why they're so addictive. The same thing is true, you know, with athletes who get involved in steroid abuse. You know, it triggers dopamine. The problem is, again, it downregulates testosterone in the body when you're using, like, synthetic testosterone, which means your own body's production of testosterone starts to decrease. You need increasingly larger amounts of testosterone to get the same effect. And then when you come off of the testosterone, if you're using steroids, what ends up happening a lot of times, your body is downregulated so much that you start losing massive amounts of muscle weight. You lose your libido. You lose all kinds of other problems. That's what happens when you do things like this to the endocrinology or the rhythmic body cycles of the hormonal system. It's so important, guys, that we understand that this is being done to us on purpose by the food manufacturers and that they want us to be addicted to their products so they can sell us more and more and more products. And then we end up eating 160 pounds of fructose per person per year. Our dopamine is triggered out the zoo. We want more and more of it to try to get our dopamine back up. We get bigger, bigger, fatter, fatter, you know, sicker and sicker. And they then get that point. These same guys who own all of these food companies get to sell us all the drugs because, again, this – this group of international bankers who's buying up the New York Stock Exchange, they like to do this with the food because then they get to put you on the drugs for the rest of your life to try to combat all of these problems, guys. So it's a major problem. In addition to that, we're now seeing a lot of what we call type 3 diabetes, and it's starting to look a lot like that type 2 diabetes turns into type 3 diabetes, which they're now saying is, again, caused by sugar, and it's directly linked to Alzheimer's disease. Now they're saying the higher your insulin levels go, the higher your risks of being having Alzheimer's. And here's a, here's a, here's a, here's an article. Melissa Schilling, a professor at New York University, performed her own review of studies connecting diabetes to Alzheimer's. She sought to reconcile two confusing trends. People who have type two type two diabetes are twice as likely to get Alzheimer's. And people who have diabetes are treated with insulin are also more likely to get Alzheimer's, suggesting that elevated insulin plays a role in Alzheimer's. 
In fact, many studies have found that elevated insulin or hyperinsulinemia significantly increases your risks of Alzheimer's. So the other hand, people with type 1 diabetes who don't make any insulin at all, they're also thought to have a higher risk of Alzheimer's. When you look at the Doug Hagman Healthy Blood Sugar Protocol on our website at healthmasters.com, it tells you certain foods to avoid, the high fructose corn syrup foods, the high glycemic foods, and also tells you specific nutrients which help to force the insulin into the cell, allowing your body to use the insulin to bring the blood sugar down so you don't end up having type 2 diabetes. In fact, the journal out of India, the diabetic journal out of India several years ago, it said if a person takes turmeric, which is one of the products in our blood sugar protocol, a lot of turmeric, if they start having elevated blood sugar before they're diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, that it cures the condition 100% of the time, and they never come down with type 2 diabetes. Let me put it another way. If you follow our healthy blood sugar protocol and your blood sugar returns to normal, doesn't it make sense that if you'd been on that healthy blood sugar protocol to begin with, Doug and Joe, that you never would have had elevated blood sugar? That's the point we're trying to make here. This is something that's very simple, but people need to understand that it has to be consistent because without consistency, there's never going to be any consistent you know, results with anything, guys. What do you think? Well, Ted, you said a whole lot there, but you know, from the importance of the levels of serotonin and uh, the problems with the the cortisol in our systems, to uh, yeah, just the, the the one pattern you talked about about you know the the alcohol and uh, pornography and those uh, harmful addictions. So many people deal with uh, the three you laid out combined or uh, one. Uh, either way, it's very damaging. And uh, the diabetes, so many people, we've seen such an increase in diabetes over the last, you know, 40, 30, 20 years. It's been unbelievable, and it is a major health concern. I'd almost call it a pandemic in this country when you see the, the, the medicines that lead to, uh, that are pushed on you instead of people actually, you know, trying to get in shape and, and change their diet. And then that just puts you into even worse health. But you you laid out a whole lot there. We're right up against the break, Ted. We'll pick this up on the other side. Today is February 2nd, 2018, and we uh, on Groundhog Day. And we are joined by Dr. Ted Brewer. Austin and Sharon Brewer will be joining us in the last hour. So make sure you stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. we got a couple of important messages. announcements on the other Yeah, dealing with Patreon this Sunday. So make sure if you want to hear the changes, stay tuned. Friday edition of the Hagman Report. We have a few announcements that we need to make before we can continue moving forward with our show. Now, each uh, the first Sunday of each month, for our Patreon subscribers, we do a question and answer kind of roundtable talk with uh, my dad, myself, and Eric, and all the the Patreon members who who join us. And we plan on doing it the first Sunday of each month, but we realized that. We are going to be doing this at the same time as the Super Bowl. <laughs> so what we're going to yeah. do? It's so, not that we, it's not that we watch the Super Bowl. Oh, I do. Well, I, 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 I don't. It. I don't care. But uh, just for the continuity of the uh, Patreon broadcast, we are going to push that till next Sunday. That way, those who want to watch the Super Bowl or have parties to go to can also uh, do that, and we can still have our Patreon broadcast. And right. that way, we will. 
uh, you know, maximize the attention. I and guess we, we, we thank our supporters for that, but uh, we apologize. It was such a kind of a. And then, yeah, we'll resume on the first right. Sunday uh, of every month after this month. So uh, I don't know what the date is on that. What is that, nine days from today? So that would be the ninth, I believe, tenth, uh, maybe. No, the no, what am I thinking? The I don't know. It, it would be so. It's not the Sunday. It'll be a week from Sunday, and then the first yes. Sunday thereafter. So, and we'll put out. We'll uh, Eric put sends out the emails what thirty minutes before the. Okay, so you right. you guys will get an email reminder uh, today about the change. So again, our Patreon broadcast that was scheduled for this Sunday, the fourth, is now going to be moved till one week from this Sunday. So, make sure you keep that in mind. And the other, a couple of brief announcements as well. Um, I, I, I was fortunate enough to host the last hour of InfoWars. I want to thank yeah. Alex Jones and his crew, uh, for giving me that, that opportunity as well as the, um, the time I spent with Alex Jones and as well. The, uh, the issue, of course, the topic of the day was, was the release of the Devin Nunes memo, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, that memo. And that was the, uh, the, the topic, and I just want to say this about that as an extension to that. Um, there, there will be a Doug Hagman radio show tomorrow, and uh, to cover more of the memo and the assessment, as well as Joe and John are going to be on the Red Pill Report mm-hmm. on what day? We're, we're taping it tomorrow, so okay. uh, I'm not sure right. when it will be put up, but you can subscribe to the Red Pill Report podcast. I've actually subscribed. He was on our show uh, a while back, and uh, a British guy who has his own, real funny, has his own show, and that's going to be a lot of fun. I will tweet out that information and also post it to Hagman Report uh, as far as when that's going to air and the podcast that will be available for that. So Okay, and it, that. exactly. Red Pill Report and Joe and John, fantastic. Uh, and the, the uh, memo. Um, yeah, I just two, two things about the memo. The underlying documentation will be... I'm sure will be released. Uh, phase two is going to be the State Department. Watch yeah. for that. Go that was ahead. only phase one. Devin Nunez says this was just phase one right. of their investigation into this. The part two will be on the State Department. But this is a story that's not going to go away. It will be in the news for a long time. So you can guarantee next week will probably be a full week of us breaking down what all this means, breaking down the media reactions, and breaking down... Um, you know, what's going to be happening moving forward from here with not only the Mueller investigation, but now with the investigations of the FBI and the DOJ and what will happen to the personnel who were implicated right. in that. Right, and, and I've gotten over, I don't know, to, uh, right around 112, 113 emails about this, about the memo itself and about uh, the uh, potential for criminal charges. But uh, I, So I just want to, all these announcements together. So there you have it, Patreon members. Uh, a week from this coming Sunday, you'll get an email about that. We thank you for your, uh, your, your support and we invite you to support, you know, to continue supporting us. We really appreciate it. Without you, we could not do what we do. Go ahead, John. All right. Dr. Ted Breuer is our guest. Healthmasters.com is the website. Ted, where do you want to start this hour? Well, I just got an email in from one of my good friends, Brad, and this is, this is, this is interesting. I've, I've got to say this and we're going to start with the health stuff because, you know, uh, I'm just going to read it. This is from the Daily Wire, and it says, Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner, the transgender, to receive the Champion of Israel Award. Uh, and so America's most prominent trans activist, Caitlyn Jenner, will be receiving the Champion of Israel and LGBTQ Rights Award from the U.S.-based World Values Network. 
According to the Huffington Post, Jenner will be presented by the award with Rabbi Shuli Botek, B-O-T-E-A-C-H, at the Champions of Jewish Values International Awards Gala. And it goes, he goes on to say, quote, Israel is a bastion of global rights and a great light to all nations, Botek said in his press release. Uh, he also said that Jenner is uniquely suited to highlight Israel's incredible record on human rights and lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, and queer rights and protection to the LGBTQ citizens. Now, I just thought this was very, very interesting. People don't realize that approximately, from the research that I've done, about 20% of the population of Tel Aviv uh, is either bisexual or gay. In addition to that, they have a lot of uh, homosexual brothels in Tel Aviv. Sounds like San Francisco, Ted. Yeah, I mean, what a mess, guys. And so, I mean, I just, I just want to share that with you, that no matter how much we're fussing about this stuff, this left, these people who basically promote all these weird and deviant sexual behaviors, <laughs> including San Francisco, Doug, <laughs> they, they are in a situation where they continually and totally try to subvert the, the natural order of things. So I find it very, very, very frustrating. Of course, also, if you don't like San Francisco, you'd probably like Key West or New York City. They're all about the same. <laughs> but let's go ahead and start talking about some other health science if we can right now, Doug. This is some important stuff today. Uh, one thing I want to say is that people are now saying that the flu vaccine may actually more be more dangerous than the flu because the science versus the CDC on scary flu shot promotions. It says, this is from Robert Kennedy Jr., and it says, every year, the Canada Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and Pharmaceutical Corporations amount aggressive campaign of the mainstream media to persuade Americans to get their flu shot. Now, flu shots are a big business. Billions and billions of dollars are made per year. Now, what's also interesting, though, is it seems that they, if people get a flu shot, Doug, actually transmit the flu a lot more than people who don't take the flu shots. Here's some statistics from, from Kennedy. A flu-vaccinated 12-year-old boy died at home after health workers failed to recognize that he was ill. A popular 37-year-old street vendor had the flu shot and suddenly died of flu complications. A 5-year-old girl succumbed to influenza-related cardiac arrest after contracting the same strain. Two female health workers in their 20s and 30s were required to get flu shots for their jobs. And 14-year-old and 30-year-olds who died after receiving flu shots were described as being weakened. A 7-year-old girl died four days after receiving the flu shot. This list goes on and on and on. You can read this article by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. at the World Mercury Project and understand more of what's going on. In addition to that, now, some people are saying that Tamiflu has been linked to suicide in a lot of teenage kids that are taking Tamiflu. So, guys, look at the research on this and realize that when you start taking a lot of these medications, it can really, really cause a lot of health problems. Also, Doug and Joe, another big thing that people are doing is they're paying up to $20, $30 a gallon for raw water, like out of springs, et cetera. And it's a myth. Guys, you don't need raw water. I mean, it's what the media is not telling you about all of this stuff is that this stuff could be have parasites and everything else in it. It could have all kinds of fecal coliform in it, raw water, and it may not be safe to drink. Now, the best thing I tell people to do, Doug, is to drink distilled water. And if you're concerned about the pH being a little bit acidic, which it really isn't, it's about 72 you can add some of our trace minerals or aquatrace formula into the distilled water, and it'll actually help to bring the pH up, and it'll also provide trace minerals for you. Now, also, ascorbic acid has been shown now to be a potent product that fights infection, according to the U.S. government. And sometimes they say it actually works better than antibiotics if taken intravenously. Now, 
the Gersey Cancer Therapy Centers back in the 1920s and 1930s, they did a lot of stuff with this, and they found that they could actually cure cancer, according to those guys, using intravenous vitamin C. Uh, the vitamin C protocol defeats septis, which is the most common cause of death in hospitalized patients in many cases. So always remember, if you start coming down with the flu and you start having some severe reactions to medication or you're having a problem with breathing or you're starting to develop pneumonia, always remember that intravenous vitamin C from your local medical doctor is always a good alternative to really strengthen your immune system. Now, also, on our website, we've got the healthy immune system protocol that you guys need to all be taking right now. I take it every single day, which helps me to avoid catching all of these things. Now, one more thing you can do, and I talked about this once on your show. I'm going to say it one more time, Doug, if I can. We have some colloidal silver. If you've got colloidal silver in the house, you can use that. Put a Q-tip in the colloidal silver and just kind of wipe out the inside of your nose a couple of day, times a day, especially if you've been around people that have been sick or you've been in public areas, because what it does, it pretty much kills the flu virus. It stops it. And so you don't have to worry about catching it. But these are rhinoviruses that come in through the eyes and through the nose. And it's so important not to touch your nose and incredibly important to wash your hands on a continual basis throughout the day, especially if you've been touching other people's hands because they could have sneezed if they have a flu or the cold and they're touching your hands. Now you have this virus on your hands. And if you're touching doorknobs or all kinds of anything else that public people touch, you're going to have that. I'll never forget, Doug, when I was taking uh, biochemical genetics at Florida State, we actually did a, a little thing in which we went around the Conradi building in Tallahassee, which has since been torn down. I was the head of the biology program at that time. And we actually took a cotton swab and we took samples off the doorknobs, off the elevator buttons, off the handrails, off the, you know, off the toilet handles. And every single sample that we took in the entire building, when we tested it on a petri dish and we grew what was ever on that particular sample, it all came up with fecal coliform, which means people had used the bathroom, gotten feces on their hands, and basically had not washed their hands and had walked up and grabbed the doorknobs, and this stuff was all over the building. And it's not, it wasn't basically just part of the Conradi building. It was everywhere. I mean, everywhere you go where you find public areas like that, you have to sanitize yourself. I know a few years ago I was on with, I got on a sixth ship with Holland America, and, oh, it was awful, Doug and Joe. I mean, oh, it was awful. People were we had projectile vomiting in the hallways, and they were literally having hand sanitizer every hundred feet. We said we will have to continually put this hand sign, hand sanitizer on, which is very unhealthy because it contains so much alcohol. It's better to run your hands under running water and just rub them. You don't have to use soap if they're not dirty. Whatever's on will come off. But make sure when you're doing that, when you turn the water up, well, here's what you do. Number one, get your get your towels. Number one, and put them underneath your arm so you got the, you got your towels. And then you can go ahead and you can turn the water on with the towels, turn it off with the towels, use the towels that you have, get more fresh towels, dry your hands, and make sure you don't touch the doorknob on the way out. Just be very, very careful. because This stuff is extremely contagious and in some cases extremely deadly. They're again expecting over 50,000 people to die here in the United States again this year from the flu, if not higher, because this has been one of the worst flu seasons they've set in 10 years, guys. What do you think? How many people did you say? About 50,000 people usually die in the United States every single year from flu. That's, uh, <laughs> wow. Well, obviously, the, the common sense, uh, taking uh, care of yourself as far as washing your hands, keeping, you know, your hygiene and, and not trying to, you know, keep your hands off money and washing your hands when you touch money a lot. All this is, is definitely common sense. And, uh, it is, uh, th- this flu is spreading rapidly. And we've seen over, what, 37 children deaths this uh, year so far alone. It is a, a very serious issue, and we need to take it seriously. Yeah, and, and I'm going to read you this. Each year, between 5 to 20% of the U.S. population contracts the flu, 
depending on the severity of the outbreak. Fatalities from flu-related illnesses can fluctuate, and there's big fluctuation, roughly between 3,000 to 50,000 deaths per year. So it can really be a lot of people that die every year or just a few thousand that die every year. <laughs> They're expecting this to be a huge, huge, huge year Amazing. as far as deaths. So it's some major problems. In fact, I have a friend of mine who works for the education system here in Polk County, and his wife works for the, as a nurse, and she had one of the ladies who was also a nurse who took the flu shot within two days. She's in the hospital in intensive care, basically about to die right after she took the flu shot. So, guys, just think through this before you do all of this. If you take the immune system protocol, if you keep your hands clean, if you avoid people that have got the flu, if you have to wear a mask if you go into a place where you know people are really sick, and just try to avoid contamination with all of this stuff. Because, guys, remember, three flu shots a year – I'm sorry, three flu shots – in a row every single year because of the mercury that's in them. They contain thimerosal. The multivial flu shots all contain mercury, and that increases the risks of senile dementia. Just three flu shots in a row in a year for somebody over the age of 50 increases the risks of senile dementia by up to 50%. So you don't need to be dumping all this mercury into your brain. It's unbelievably poisonous, and you need to avoid it as much as you possibly can. So if you eat clean and you do the right thing, you will stay a lot healthier. In fact, we have a book that's called that. It's called Eat Clean and Be Healthy, and it's, a, it's got like 160 recipes, and it's a cookbook, and we released that a few months ago. And if you don't have a copy of that yet, go ahead and get a copy of that, because if you don't know how to cook, you can teach yourself how to cook and eat really good, healthy food, guys. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's real simple. Good recipes in that book, too. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. Really yep. Good basic recipes also. Oh, one more thing I want to talk about. And I've talked about it a few years ago with you guys. I'm going to talk about it again. It's toxoplasmosis. This is the cat brain parasite that is passed into cat's feces, and it gets into human beings' brains also. And what it does with cats is that you have to be very careful when you're handling cat litter and cat feces. It's so important that you don't get them exposed to you and you're touching the feces, especially if you're pregnant, because it can actually infect the newborn baby also. And what it does, it creates a parasite that goes into the brain. Now, it does this primarily on mice that's what I guess designed for. And the mice start craving cat urine smells, or cats and cat urine, which makes the mice easier to catch. So this is one of those things a lot of people who have toxoplasmosis, and there are millions in the United States who have it, they don't really mind the smell of cat urine. That sometimes you'll see these folks will have 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 cats in their house, and the smell is so unbelievable when you walk in, but they don't seem to mind it. And so in many of those cases, that person may be infected with toxoplasmosis. So, guys, be really, really careful when you're handling a cat or other animals to get around cats or feeding cats or handling litter baskets. It's so important. You guys can look that up online yourselves. What do you guys think about that? Interesting. Interesting. But that's called toxoplasmosis. Cat, cat women. Cat people. Well, you've heard of the crazy yeah. cat lady. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that it can actually happen to you if you're not aware of it, and it can be a major, major, major problem. So, uh, by the way, the Eagles have been hit by the flu. I thought I'd mention that real quick for you Super Bowl fans. The whole team ends up seeming like they have the flu, and the Eagles are battling the flu outbreak as multiple starters get ill days before facing Tom Brady and the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So I don't know if they don't win against the Super Bowl, or maybe they can obfuscate. If they don't win against the, the, the Patriots, maybe they can say it's because they all had the flu. Then another student here at 16 years of age committed suicide after taking Tamiflu. And this is another interesting article that says if you're always tired, it's a problem. And we always need we need between eight and nine hours of sleep a day to help keep cortisol down, keep serotonin levels up. And they keep talking about why people wake up around 3 o'clock in the morning. 
And it says before electricity, humans slept about nine to ten hours a night. Now we sleep around seven to eight. The rate of people sleeping fewer than seven hours is increasing rapidly. And there are different things that disrupt the sleep cycle, including electricity. But I want to share something with you real quickly because this is important. One of the primary things that's doing a lot of this sleep cycle mess is the fact that, well, there's several things. Number one we're going to talk about is the fact that we have Wi-Fi in our house. We have to get rid of the Wi-Fi. We've got to turn it off at night because the pineal gland, which releases melatonin to allow you to stay in a good deep sleep cycle all night, what happens with the pineal gland is, is if it gets Wi-Fi radiation hitting it in the middle of the night, it thinks it's sunlight. And so it won't produce sufficient quantities of melatonin, so you're going to be waking up at 2 or 3 or 4 every single morning. So make sure your Wi-Fi routers get turned off before you go to bed at night. Plus, make sure if you're over the age of 40 and you're having a problem with sleep, use some of our sublingual 3-milligram melatonin, put it under your tongue, let it dissolve over about, about an hour before you go to bed, and then go to sleep with the melatonin. That works really, really well. Now, if I take more than 3 milligrams a night, my body downregulates my own melatonin production, like we talked about earlier, with downregulation. And I wake up about 3 or 4 in the morning if I take two melatonins. And if I take another melatonin, I end up with a melatonin hangover the next morning. So for me, it's one I, I take the melatonin around 10 p.m. at night. By 11 o'clock, I'm sleepy from the melatonin. And that allows me to go to sleep and pretty much sleep all the way through the night until about 7 o'clock. Now, if you've got a problem, you're a guy and you're having to get up because of prostate issues, then you need to be probably taking our prostate support. Now, I don't have any prostate problems. I'm 62 years old, thank God. But one of the primary reasons I believe I haven't had that problem is, number one, I take about 80 to 100 milligrams of zinc every single day, and I've done that for the past 40 years. Now, that allows a really, really healthy prostate if you take zinc every single day. And, of course, there are a lot of other supplements you can take that also help with reproductive organs, but zinc's the primary thing that, that prostate has to have. And then, of course, we have the healthy prostate formula on the website, Prostate Support, and that also helps you from having to get up in the middle of the night and use the bathroom because it's the pits if you're able to get up two and three and four times every single night to use the bathroom because it never allows you to go into what's called REM sleep, which is rapid eye movement sleep, which doesn't allow you to get a good night's sleep. Now, another thing, loud snores. This is a, this is, I found this article interesting. It says that a lot of people who snore very loudly is because they've got fatty liver disease or they've got excessive amounts of fat, visceral fat, which is called abdominal fat. Now, it can cause a problem because of the way it pushes on the diaphragm and because it causes lower levels of oxygen and causes you to breathe more, 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 with more difficulty, causing a lot of snoring. Now, here's why I'm saying all of that. I have personally found out that if I take MCT oil, which is like a special type of coconut oil, every single morning with my protein shake, I take about a tablespoon every single day, and then at night I take conjugated linoleic acid, which is another fat burner, that it has burned a bunch of my belly fat. Now, I didn't have a lot of belly fat to start with, but I was snoring, and I started taking all of this stuff, and it, it gets rid of the internal fat. That's what it does. And it, what it did is after about two months after doing this, my wife said to me the other night, she goes, hey, Ted, you're not like not snoring anymore. I don't know what's going on, but you know it's real quiet with your snoring. But what I have noticed is that my pants have gotten a lot looser. I'm not having to catch my breath every once in a while when I bend over to tie my shoes, that kind of stuff. And I found that when I did the research on this, that that MCT oil that we use, along with the conjugated linoleic acid, specifically helped to burn belly fat. And now I believe it may actually reduce the amount of snoring, though you may not have that same effect on you. But it's, it's pretty cool that this is actually something that I'm having a results with right now using this product and experimenting on myself. What, what do you guys think about that, guys? Because, you know, belly fat's been linked to all kinds of things, oh, yeah. especially heart disease. Yeah, and, and I think it's pretty self-explanatory, to be honest with you. I wouldn't know. I don't okay. have an ounce of belly fat. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, okay. I, I think it's, I think, I think it's really self-explanatory. Okay. Oh, by the way, teenage psoriasis and all kinds of adult psoriasis, this is almost always because of a nutritional deficiency or toxemia or to- some type of toxicity. And I've got a bunch of articles with people that are having all these problems with psoriasis. And what I found with psoriasis is this. If you use the, the bioplasma cell salts, the silica, and also the, the, the total one, the total bioplasma cell salts, the general one, if, and you take borage oil and you also take cod liver oil every single day, I've personally seen a completely clear up psoriasis, you know, within a few weeks. I was having some scaly stuff on my head here a few years ago. I was so frustrated, Doug and Joe. And I said, this is ridiculous. I'm a health guy. This is supposed to happen to me. And I started doing more and more research on this with homeopathic cell salts and also the borage oil and the cod liver oil, and I started increasing all of those particular compounds along with my protein shake in the morning, and I started finding very quickly that my skin started clearing up, and all of that kind of psoriasis or seborrhea, whatever you want to call it, completely went away. I don't have any problems with that at all anymore. And, guys, if you've gotten dander for a lot of things like that, try that protocol because it works really, really well. And, of course, you can use a really good shampoo on your head, like a sulfur shampoo that smells awful, but it actually does a good job as far as nourishing the scalp. But, guys, these are some things that you can learn just by making a few changes in your diet. Because I've seen people poor, Doug and Joe, they're so caught up with they They've got psoriasis so bad that they've got scales all over their arms. And I've had so many of those people try that protocol and have it clear up with them. So it's a good protocol to follow. By the way, academics, this is another interesting article, are now revealing which diets work best for weight loss. Okay, It says, low-carb diets such as Atkins claim to prevent fast storage around the midriff. Yet experts argue about other types of food, such as protein, can also cause weight loss or fat, fat, fat gain, plus paleo diets and also fasting. Now, so I'm going to cover all of these. Fasting, the Bible says, if you fast, your healing will quickly appear. That's what it says in the book of Isaiah. I've been on a lot of fasts. I've been on a lot of seven-day fasts. I've been on, I think, a dozen of them over the years. And they do help maintain your weight. If you fast seven days and you try to fast once a week, you'll really help to get your weight down. The problem with it is it also down-regulates your metabolism. You've got to be careful with that. So you need less and less calories as far as for your basal metabolic rate. Now, as I've gotten older... I would fast if I had to, if I had a specific health issue, but I don't really fast on a regular basis anymore. I try to keep my protein levels and my fat levels stable throughout the day with minimum amounts of processed carbohydrates, and it does a really good job for me as far as body fat and staying in pretty good shape. Now, also, it's talking about the Atkins diet, which is like a pure protein diet, which you would be keto or ketogenic diet. I don't recommend that at all. I mean, that's a very unhealthy diet. It puts a lot of stress on the pancreas. And when you put that stress on the pancreas, it stops, pancreas, it stops producing pancreatic enzymes, which are also used by the body to help fight cancer cells. So you have an increased risk of cancer, as far as I'm concerned, when you elevate your urea levels and you elevate your protein content to a point where you're not taking any carbohydrates at all, not a good healthy diet. Again, get the Eat Clean and Be Healthy book. That's how we eat here at the house. And, of course, the paleo diet basically saying eat nothing that our ancestors didn't eat you know, 10,000 years ago. Okay, if you want to do that, whatever. If you want to eat nuts in the season and walk around, doing that. That's okay, too. That's not going to hurt you, but I recommend that you follow a really healthy-based diet that you use products that are not contaminated with genetically modified origins. I pray I pray that you that you don't use anything that contains glyphosate. I have another friend of mine. I talked to him yesterday, Doug and Joe, and he's about 58, 59 years old. He's so upset because he's having a decreased kidney function. His kidney function is down to 80%, and he said, what in the world is going on? Well, what happened is he started having elevated blood sugar. And he's, they started giving him 
basically different medications to bring his blood sugar down, and they didn't bother to tell him that one of the side effects of the cholesterol meds, and in some cases the blood sugar meds, which he was on both of those, is decreased kidney function. You can actually cause kidney damage with these types of products. You guys can look it up online and see it yourself. So he asked me what could be done as far as his diet. I told him he's dropped like 10 pounds in two weeks. He's feeling much better. And he asked me about his kidney function. I said, well, I said, Mike, just because your kidneys have decreased in function doesn't mean you have kidney disease that's going to continue to progress. I said, things like glyphosate, which is Roundup, has been shown to cause kidney problems and kidney disease. Same as the statin drug, same as the blood pressure drug. So, guys, here's the thing. If you're trying to make sure your kidneys stay functioning well, Make sure you stay off of all of these things, including the pesticides and the herbicides. Because, guys, we have kidney dialysis centers opened up all over our communities down here. We used to never have that when I was a kid. We never had kidney dialysis centers set up, even when they had dialysis available. Why is that? Because we're having more and more kidney failure all of the time here in Central Florida and throughout the United States, primarily because of the diet, the food, and the chemicals that are being put into our diet. I personally think this is all part of the eugenics protocol, Doug and Joe, because they're wanting to do as best, the most they possibly can to reduce life expectancy and to, and to decrease fertility. Now, an interesting article here from the Daily Mail goes into talk. It says that life expectancy increases are slowing around the world due to AIDS, the AIDS pandemic, and the disinterest in public health, the study reveals. Life expectancy grew from 1950, but it slowed in the past decades. Ted. The average uh, yes, Doug. Sorry to cut in. We're, we're right up against the break. We'll okay. hit up, we'll pick up right here where we left off. You're listening to Dr. Ted Brewer on this Friday edition, Groundhog Day of the Hagman Report. We'll be right back. The Hagman Report, uh, sponsored by HealthMasters.com, sponsored by the product of the hour, and that is Attention Factor. Of course, can be found on HealthMasters.com. Attention Factor. Yeah, I'll tell you what, right now, right now, and while supplies last, and because they're not going to last, because I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy them up. All right, <laughs> uh, Doug Twenty Five is a coupon for twenty five percent off this. Product only attention factor. This product only. Doug twenty five. I, I look. I stand behind this product. I mean, I look. I stand behind. I stand behind them all. But specifically this one in particular, I've noticed such a, a dramatic, and I mean a dramatic effect. Uh, and that's attention factor. Healthmasters.com. Before we get back to Ted, just want to mention today, the second day of uh, February 2018, day 379 in the draining the swamp presidency of Donald Trump. Uh, uh, the, the memo itself, just just to be clear, the memo uh, illustrates without without any doubt, it illustrates the fact that the Democratic National Committee, Hillary Clinton, Barack Hussein Obama, the uh, they weaponized the Department of Justice and the FBI to subvert not only a presidential election, but to subvert the constitutional republic that is the United States of America. These people must be charged, and they must be charged now. And uh, more, we're going to be having more on that this weekend. And Joe is going to, Joe and John are going to appear on the Red Pill Report um, this weekend, and uh, I'll be doing a, a show tomorrow uh, specifically about 
what this memo means. So those are the announcements. I want to get that out of the way. Ted Brower's our guest. Uh, Ted, take it away. Well, we were talking about death rates. Now, what we have to understand is that the Jason scholars, they came out with that study back in the 50s that said that these are the guys who used to work directly with DARPA, that the most important thing that we had on this planet was population, too much population. We had to decrease the population, and that's what this entire agenda is all about. We've done everything we can, we've, we have been able to do from a standpoint of reducing the population naturally. Now, these guys don't think that's enough, so they're going to continue to increase the death rates and the decrease in population by putting in poisoning us with all of these different things, including the Gardasil shot, which can cause girls to go into what's called premature ovarian failure. Which, in other words, that, that what that means is they end up going into menopause at a very, very young age, 14 or 15 years of age, and they simply don't produce children any longer. They can't have children. They're basically sterile. Now, also, ibuprofen does the same thing. How ibuprofen damages the fertility of unborn, girl, unborn girls. In other words, if a mother is pregnant and she takes ibuprofen, the painkiller can actually half the number of eggs in the young girl's ovaries. Women taking ibuprofen while pregnant may be damaging the little their daughter's fertility. Study found that painkiller can half the number of eggs in the girl's ovaries being born to the mothers taking the ibuprofen. The meaning girls exposed to ibuprofen in the womb may struggle to get pregnant and have a family. Prolonged exposure to ibuprofen during fetal life may lead to long-term effects on women's fertility. Guys, this is a huge study, and you haven't heard one thing about this on the mainstream news. But again, they don't want to promote this on the mainstream news. Why? Because they're doing everything they possibly can to do what they can to decrease fertility. I mean, right now we've got like, you know, we have this entire problem in the world with sperm and, and going down. And they're saying that within five to ten years, that we may have a massive, massive problem just in the reproductive cycles because men can no longer produce sperm because of all the estrogen compounds and estrogen mimickers like the plastics and the soy proteins that they're being exposed to along with also pesticides, which are also estrogen mimickers. But guys, it's so important that we understand that all of it's being used. The fluoridation of our water, the fluoridation of the salt, the fluoridation of the milk makes people servile and infertile. The glyphosate all of the chemicals that we're getting in like ibuprofen and all these things. They know it does all of this stuff, but you don't hear about it on the mainstream media because we're having about 100 million extra people being born on the planet every single year. The problem is this 100 million people, Doug, are being born in third world countries, not in the West like in Europe or in the United States. And this is what's causing this massive growth of the population on the planet is the third world countries. The problem that I see with all of this is with the immigration that was going on through the United Nations, through the Obama administration, massive amounts, hundreds of thousands of people coming into the United States undocumented and into Europe, millions going into Germany. These are bringing in third world population groups of people that like to have five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten children, which is going to cause our population to spike again and cause more additional births in our areas. And it's also going to continue to, I'm going to say it, I hate to talk like this, but it's going to decrease the white population. Only about 5% of the planet right now is white, and these guys, for some reason, they absolutely hate white people, and they're doing everything they possibly can to decrease the white birth rates as much as they possibly can. And, of course, we know that my, Margaret Sanger, her whole thing was starting Planned Parenthood, was to decrease black populations. The so guys, if you're a big fan of Hillary Clinton, who got the Margaret Sanger Award, just be aware of the fact that Margaret Sanger was a huge eugenicist who absolutely said that black people should not even be allowed to reproduce. It was absolutely ridiculous. And she even went as far as to say that they should be going to the black person's pastors to tell them to basically do some type of sterility program because these folks would believe their pastors if they told them to do it. This was Margaret Sanger. 
So this is the Democratic Party promoting all of this stuff, and it's been primarily black babies in the United States, which have been aborted since 1973. So, guys, everything they do, they're doing to try to destroy the family. I know Greg, Jans- Greg Jackson is a huge proponent, friend of mine, huge proponent, anti-abortion opponent. He's always sending me literature information on this, and he's absolutely right about this. This is something we've got to look at. This abortion issue is a major, major problem, Doug and Joe, and if we don't do something about it, guys, it's going to be the demise of the white population in the, in the, in the, on the planet, along with all of these different things they're putting into the food supply that are basically poisoning us. What do you guys think? Well, Ted, Margaret Sanger, there's so many uh, crazy quotes about eugenics can, that can be attributed to her. She said, you know, the and these are her words. I don't have the quote in front of me, but I did go through this on our show just a few days ago. You know, the Negro population can never know that we want to exterminate them. She also said that nobody will be able to have a child without a parental license. And that she said also the best thing that uh, a family can do for themselves is to murder their infant. And this right. is who they who they uphold and uplift. And, you know, when we're talking about the political divide that we have in this country, uh, and many people ask, you know, will there ever be unity? Will we ever have the, the two sides get on the on, on the same page? And I say absolutely not. How can you have unity with a group of people that advocates the murder of babies? How can you have unity with a group of people that hate God? And this is what we see in this country. And abortion is one of their main planks of their religion, which is the, uh, you know, satanic religion of, of the liberal mindset. Uh, and and it, it's absolutely insane that what we're dealing with and what we're seeing here is allowed to happen. We just saw a bill fail that was going to ban abortions up to 20 weeks. And I don't know if you saw this, Ted, but Sarah Silverman today uh, said the following. She said that the conscious law, Sarah Silverman, conscious law makes me want to eat aborted fetus. This is the mentality that people were dealing with. Okay, okay. Uh, all right, you got you got me started on you got me you got let me rant for a second. All right, okay. These guys are Sabbatine Kabbalists. They're Luciferians. They're Satanists. They're they're Luciferians. They worship the devil. You know, no other way to put it. These are the same guys who started with Sabbatine Zevi back in 1666 when he started his little revolution and he wanted to be the Messiah and basically claimed that he was going to be the leader. And he basically said to turn everything upside down to create this huge nightmarish world in which God could return to. Now, I'm going to kind of abbreviate that. That He died, which is funny, he, he died and converted to become a Muslim. And then Jacob Frank picked it up 100 or so years later, who brought the Rothschilds into this whole weird, sick thing. We've all seen, or we've seen it on TV, hopefully you haven't seen it in person, Eyes Wide Shut, the movie with Tom Cruise, which talks about these parties that they have that they go to these satanic parties. They're called some people come some people call them Babylonian parties. Now, I could tell you people that I know who go to them, but I'm not. But I will say this. One of the people that I know who goes to these parties is a world leader in far as motivational speaking. And he has these types of orgies and parties on a regular basis. I'm not going to mention his name, I'm not going to get myself in a libel issue. I'm telling you, this stuff is real. Paul said in the New Testament, he kept saying, stop going to orgies. And I always thought when I was younger, what's he talking about orgies? I mean, who goes to orgies? Guys, this stuff never died. This is all that druidic worship that came all the way through from, you know, Cain and Abel and, and you know, and Nimrod and all of this stuff in Egypt. All of this stuff has been, you know, was carried for years and for decades, hundreds of years, thousands of years by the druids. This is all part of what these guys are. These guys are basically Luciferians, and this is who they are. 
they're not, they don't have to be any particular religious group because they're not. Uh, you know, they can be any group. But they, this is the, these are the vows and the things that they believe. Now, these are the same people who started in the Communist Party in Russia who killed the Tsar and his family. And these same people that immigrated from Russia and into Germany, which caused a lot of the problems in Germany with communism during the 20s and the 30s, which also gave a rise to fascism with Hitler because of this. These are the same people that migrated and came into the United States, which brought us this red scare, this 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 stuff that the McCarthy was talking about in the 50s, which he was absolutely right about pointing out what Hollywood had become. These are the same people in Hollywood who have a deep-seated hatred of all things Christian. And I mean, it's, it's, it's an atavistic hatred. It's a deep-seated, thousand-long, thousand-year generation of hatred towards Christianity and towards the Christian church. And they're doing everything they can to unseat it. These people are the core of the Democratic Party. And the problem is, most Democrats, Joe and Doug, they don't even realize that these people are the core. But because of their special and social social interest programs, it allows them to go in and usurp people's common sense. And the Bible calls it a cloud. It says a cloud has been put over the minds of the unbeliever. And they maintain this cloud through the energy fields that they put up around the planet. That's part of our electromagnetic frequency field around the planet. They used to do this with their pyramids. They're finding pyramids in the oceans all over the world now. But when God caused the continental plate shift to, plate shift to occur after the Great Flood, these pyramids basically were rendered useless. They didn't work anymore. Now it's taken them thousands of years to reestablish this energy field with the 5G network and all the other things that they're doing and these space-based systems and these sea-based radar domes and all the Doppler radar. They're not going to come in, in my opinion, and nuke the planet and destroy all of this. They're not going to do that. Because remember, when God came in to destroy the planet in Genesis chapter 6, when this had been done before, every thought of every man was evil all the time. And God had enough of it, came in, flooded the planet, killed most of the population, took Noah's family, started over again, and these things came back. It says they were there before and after the flood. These interdimensional entities, these fallen angels, whatever you want to call them, pick a name for them. These things have not gone anywhere. And as far as a lot of people believe that these fallen angels, these fallen ones, they're still controlling a lot of world politics today. Now, these are the same ones that are pushing this agenda, maintaining this this veil around the minds of the unbeliever so they cannot see and know the truth. When you watch the Democratic Party with the Trump's speech the other night, which was a rallying call for nationalists, it was a great speech as far as I'm concerned. I don't agree with everything Trump has done. You know that. I don't agree with a lot of his appointments. A lot of stuff I don't agree with. But that was a great speech that he did. But what's interesting about this is the Democrats would sit there, and he'd talk about unity, and that mummy Pelosi, who probably has Alzheimer's disease, like she really can't help it, but she'd just sit there and look. But then all the other Democrats who don't have Alzheimer's disease, many of them would not even applaud. And then Bernie Sanders was applauding a few times when Trump would say something, and suddenly when they're trying to interview him after the, after the speech, if you remember, his mic went dead for three or four minutes. I guess they had to give him a reality check. I have no idea why that happened. But all I know is this. These people are against God, they're against this country, they're against free enterprise, they're pro-abortion, they're pro-death, they're pro-transgender, they're pro-sick, perverted, twisted lifestyles. That's who these people are. So, Joe, when you say we're never going to have unity between these two groups of people, abortion is part of that, but there's a lot more with all of these guys that we're simply not going to be able to relate to because, quite frankly, bigotry and racism can be mutually exclusive. 
A bigot is a person who is diametrically opposed to another person's value systems. So in other words, when I see the people in Washington, D.C. who are pedophiles, I am a bigot towards them. When I see people like Podesta who go to soul-cooking parties like we saw before the election, I'm a bigot towards Podesta. I'm diametrically opposed to their value systems. Racism is different. Racism says because a person is white or because a person is black or because a person is Hispanic, other races basically are inferior and they need to be exterminated. That's a racist. They always throw this racist card at you when you say anything about anything, but that's not it. The main problem that we have is that Christians have gotten, and in fact, Coach Daubermeyer wrote one of the best articles I've ever read that he's written this week, in which he nailed the Christian church for being too passive and not standing up for what's going on globally. And quite frankly, he's right, because Christians are so scared of being called a racist or so scared of being called a bigot. Well, quite frankly, if you're a Christian and you're diametrically opposed to the values of abortionists or diametrically opposed to the values of these people who like to have and sodomize young children and sacrifice them, that makes you a bigot. And that's how I stand. I stand firmly that I believe my Christian values are the right way to live, that I don't believe that these people that are allowed to do these things. And look what look what they did. Look what they did with this FISA memo. They intentionally went in and usurped the Constitution of the United States of America. They took their Democratic allies and they tried to intentionally influence and corrupt the electoral process in the United States using our governmental agencies to do that. Doug, this is as criminal as it can possibly get. There's nothing like this that I've ever seen that's happened in our country that's been exposed like this. And I only hope that Trump has the chutzpah to come in and do something about this and yeah. call these guys to task for it and put them in jail for the stuff, Doug. Well, let me jump in here, Ted, real quick. One, Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General, I mean, you talk about, and I've said this before, actionable oh. evidence that can be used to, one, drain the swamp, two, hold the people right. accountable in the FBI, in the DOJ, and other people from the unmasking to the Obama administration they are, I mean, this is just the very beginning of what's coming out, but these people are so guilty, and the media is complicit in all this. The It's so funny to see them talk about this, you know, uh, unverified partisan memo when the DOJ was the one shopping the dossier around the media That's organizations, right. and these media organizations continue to use the dossier as some kind of proof against Trump, the same unverified. Uh, you know, salacious document that that they put together, and the media is is the you know obviously the propaganda arm of this criminal cabal. So they're all scared, and you wouldn't know by watching the mainstream media that this memo is as bombshell as it is. And as I said before, it's no surprise to our listeners because we've been speculating on the contents, and we're right about that. Now, what is going to happen well, from here? Where is Sessions? If, if I and... Right. I, I I'm sorry I interrupted you. I'm so sorry. I, I do that. Not, right. I, but but let me just say this. There's something no one's talking about, Joe and, and Ted. The civil punitive damages that can be imposed oh, by gosh. Carter Page, by uh, Flynn. And Trump with and, BuzzFeed? Yes. And and the fruit of the poisonous tree doctrine mm-hmm. uh, comes into play here. Uh, they say it has nothing to do with the Mueller investigation, but it, it has does. everything oh, to do whatever. with it. And as you said, the fruit started. from the poisonous tree, if the document, if the dossier is unverified and it was presented as intelligence reports used for those FISA warrants, which ultimately led to the special counsel uh, being uh, po- appointed, then yes, it should be the fruit from the poisonous tree, meaning if you didn't have a search warrant, you went to somebody's house and found a murder weapon, you couldn't use it against them in the court of law, 
because, uh, or anything else you found after that because you didn't uh, have the proper procedure. It should be the same here, but it's not a criminal investigation uh, as we understand it from law enforcement. This is the DOJ, this is a special counsel, different rules. But either way, it should be clear to everybody that this whole thing is a sham and it was used to set Donald Trump up for, for failure before the election and used to ensnare him after the election. And this was a sting operation, as you That's said. Right. A sting operation. This was to set him up. I mean, guys, they bugged Trump Towers. They went in and wiretapped him. I mean, then they I bragged said, about it in Donald the New York Trump Times. said that he had been wiretapped and they, and everybody laughed at him. He goes, you understand, Obama's done it. No, 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 that's never happened. Blah, blah, blah. Ha, ha, ha. Everything that was happened has happened. I mean, we now see this group of people, these, 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 these left wing liberal people who like to run around wearing vagina hats, for heaven's sakes, and these rallies go in and do this to a doggone electoral process in the United States to determine the commander in chief of the free world through the United States. I mean, this is absolutely nuts that this has happened. And what's even bigger of a nuts thing is that this hasn't been released six, eight, nine months ago. This stuff should have been released a long time ago. And this entire witch hunt with this Mueller investigation is like you said, Joe, it's fruit of the poisonous tree. You can't use it. It needs to go away and it needs to stop now. And all of this stuff needs to be completely and totally taken out of the media. But again, remember, these are the same guys, this international banking community that controls both sides of the narrative by controlling both sides of the pole, by turning the planet whichever way they want to based upon the media and this energy field around the planet through their wizardry and their witchcraft that they do. These are the guys that we're fighting against. Because remember, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against these principalities and these unseen realms. That's what the Word of God tells us. And if we don't understand who and what we're fighting, how in the world can we ever win this? That's why we've got to put on the armor of God. We've got to stay prayed up. We've got to continue to plead the blood of Christ over ourselves and over our loved ones. And we've got to basically put a hedge of thorns around us. And we basically have to station angels all around us because that's what we're supposed to do as Christians. And we have to stand for the Word of God. And when we see injustices like this being done, be it abortion or any of this stuff, we as Christians have to say, no, I mean, no, this isn't going to happen. This is our country too, just because these liberal communist whackbags want to do this, there's no reason to allow this to happen because, guys, these guys are a bunch of weird, blood-drinking criminals. You saw that with the Podesta emails. They're a bunch of sickos and psychopaths that are absolutely determined to bring this doggone world into a nuclear confrontation. And, guys, it is nuts that this thing wasn't released earlier and that this Mueller probe has continued on and on and on simply to discredit, try to discredit a sitting president, Joe and Doug. And as we said, you know, this is just the tip of the spear. we got to watch them. we got to watch what these other people are doing. They're going to, you know, you're going to see news in the coming days and weeks from CNN and MSNBC a breaking in the Trump-Russia investigation. You know, Mueller, blah, blah, blah. It's come out now that Trump thought about you know, firing Mueller, as we saw last week, and more of these things. This is what's going to happen, but we can't lose focus. And as uh, you said earlier, Dad, Devin Nunez, this is only part one of an, another part that's coming out, focusing on the State Department. Don't forget you have also the Inspector General's report into the mishandling of the Clinton email investigation, directly right. dealing with Andrew McCabe, and he's, 
he's in trouble in more ways than one, from the protection of Hillary Clinton to the use of this unverified dossier misrepresented in order to get uh, surveillance on the Trump campaign. If it's, a, McC- it's a double whammy. Let me tell you, if I was McCabe right now, I'd, I'd be I'd be calling up, up I'd be calling up lawyers. <laughs> I'd be saying, you know, you want to represent me because I, I I need it, uh, McCabe. Hey, maybe page. Comey's uh, you know <laughs> professor buddy who leaked the the information to the New York Times go. can represent him. I would be going to an extradition country, Doug and Joe. <laughs> <laughs> even, yeah, somewhere yeah, warm. Before this investigation started, I'd be wiring money out of the country. I would be heading to someplace else that aren't, that aren't going to be basically, you know, basically putting me in, you know, Guantanamo Bay. I mean, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be heading out of Dodge. I, I'd have, you know, these guys have been caught with their hands in the cookie jar. And we, somebody's clamped the lid down on them, and they've been, and now they're hung in this thing. And quite frankly, I really hope that our Justice Department goes after them, hook, line, sinker, fish, oar, tackle, boat, motor, everything I hope goes after these guys. Because quite frankly, these guys are career criminals that we've seen over and over and over in Washington. And this is, if, if there's, William Guy Carr wrote a book. It's called Pawns in the Game. Everybody needs to read that book. Tupper Saucy wrote another book. It's called um, Rulers of Evil. That's free. All these are free online. And then, and also, William Guy Carr wrote another book. It was his unfinished book, and he talked about Satan being the prince of this world. All those books are free online, and everybody needs to read those three books. Because guys, that will get your attention because it lays a lot of what these guys are doing and why they do it. A lot of it going back to the Druidic worship when you read Tupper Saucy's book, all the way back through Egypt and what's going on with those guys. Guys, it's so in Egypt thousands of years ago. So you have to understand. This is a battle that's been going on on this planet for thousands and thousands of years. It's the battle that's been going on this planet that crucified the Son of Glory. This is the same group of people. These guys have not stopped, and they have this subversive thing that they do on an ongoing basis. When you get these Luciferians in here, again, it doesn't matter what their ethnic background is. They all believe the same thing, and they work towards the same purpose. And guys, this time, it was to basically overthrow the United States, bring bestiality into make it legal, to make pedophilia legal, to make all these sick things they do legal, and all of a sudden, they've all gotten busted. So guys, I praise God Almighty that Hillary Clinton did not become President of the United States because none of this stuff would have ever been exposed because we saw that corrupt thing Obama did. I call him the gay Kenyan on my show, but that's what he did. I mean, look, look, look at Fast and Furious, look at IRS gate, look at all of this stuff that was being done on an ongoing basis, and nobody was ever prosecuted for any of this stuff, guys. Complete and total nonsense that that guy was ever even in the White House with that weirdo wife of his. And now we're having to deal with this blowback still from his administration a year later. But I'm so glad he's being exposed, his administration's being exposed, and all these people that were players in this are being exposed, Doug and Joe. Absolutely right, Ted, and that's very well said. We only got about a minute and a half left. Tell the audience where they can find you. On, on the radio, your website, and again, the deals that you have going on on uh, Health Masters with your supplements. Man, oh, thanks. attention <laughs> factor, attention factor, attention factor. <laughs> Doug 25, attention factor, just remember that. Go ahead. The attention factor, incredible product, top mental acuity, incredible workouts, incredible stamina, great product. I love it. Uh, 25% off, Doug 25 coupon, healthmasters.com. That's healthmasters.com. And again, for all of my listeners that are listening tonight and for all of your listeners, Doug, I want you guys to know something. 
Thank you for supporting the Hagman Broadcast. Thank you for supporting Health Masters. Thank you for you guys getting your multiple vitamins from Health Masters. We have the finest, highest quality multiple vitamins in the world as far as I'm concerned. Our powdered multiple, my wife had real bad ridges on her fingernails, completely cleared them out, cleared it up just on the, on the powdered ultimate multiple. Her fingernails are like talons now. They're unbelievably strong. And guys, it's so important that we all support one another and we support alternative broadcasting. So when you support Health Masters by getting your multiple vitamins or you support Doug and Joe by sending them a, a dollar or a five dollars or a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or thousands of dollars a month. When you do this, what it allows us to do an alternative media is to stay on the air. Because these guys who control the mainstream media, they're all about taking everybody who has a voice that's alternative to their voice off the air. That's why YouTube is demonetized. That's why YouTube just did what they did to Doug and Joe. All of this stuff is crazy. YouTube yanked my channel, pulled almost every one of my, my, my broadcasts down a few months ago to the point that I just went ahead and shut the whole thing down on YouTube. Because, guys, it's what we all have to do. If we all stand in the aggregate, we're going to defeat these guys. And we're going to stand before God someday when we go to heaven to be with him. And he's going to look at each one of us and he's going to say, well done, you good and faithful servant. Guys, that's the most important thing that we can do is to stand in aggregate together. Because, guys, if we do that, there aren't enough of these crazy nutbags in this country to overthrow all of the good people that are listening tonight and that's all right, of the Ted. people that are patriots in the United States. Amen to that. Amen. Dr. Ted Brewer. Thank you. When we come back, Austin will be our guest, followed by Sharon in our final hour. Don't go anywhere. Thank you, brother. edition of the Hagman Report, I want to give a very special thanks to Eric the Tech. Uh, as you know, folks, YouTube pulled the plug on our live broadcast this week, and it was Eric the Tech who worked this out. And I want to also thank um, Global Star Radio, Satellite Radio Networks, Global Star Radio Network, for uh, uh, working it out where we can actually live stream via satellite. And here we are. And uh, I got I got to tell you, it's because of you, the people who support this broadcast, who allow us to do this. So thank you very much. I also want to say thanks to Alex Jones and his crew today for allowing me to, to uh, uh, in case you missed it, uh, to, to uh, host the uh, the final hour. That that was that was kind of a rush, actually. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I didn't really know that was going to happen until the very last moment. So. Uh, so if I looked a little bit uh, like a deer in the headlights, that's why. But uh, not really. I, th- I think I think it worked out well. So thank you, Eric the Tech. Thank you, Global Star, Satellite Radio, Infowars, and of course Joe. Of course, uh, I'm going to kick it over to you. Thank you for uh, your yeah. support in this. Uh, and, and we have Austin Brewer with us. But real quick, I just want to point out this very interesting story. GOP lawmaker calls for FBI DOJ officials to face treason charges. Representative Paul Gozer of Arizona said Friday that this is clear and convincing evidence of treason, but he did not stop there. He went on to say that uh, criminal prosecution against these traitors to our nation, treason under the Constitution is punishable by death. Period. 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 Pretty, pretty... uh, Pregnant pause there. It's about time we, we heard somebody actually putting this in the perspective as to how serious it really is. And yes... Whether death or not is an appropriate sentence for treason. In well, this case, it, treason, treason should yes, be considered, yes. especially for people like Strauch and people like Rosenstein Batman. and James Comey 
and even Hillary Clinton. With that, let's bring on Austin Brewer from healthmasters.com, co-host of the Ted and Austin Brewer Show. Austin, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. Great to be on the show. I got a bunch of different topics that I was going to talk about tonight. Uh, the memo thing, there's so much going on with that. You guys, I've been listening to the show for the last hour and a half. You've been talking about that so much. So, I mean, I wasn't going to push that super hard. That's going to be ongoing for the next oh, couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. That, it's, it, it's insanity. Like you just said, I mean, it, it, it's blatant treason. I mean, the fact that the abuse of power here is so extreme that if people aren't at least indicted and jailed for this, it's, it's going to really surprise me with it. But one thing that I've been trying to monitor and I've been watching since the beginning of the year, and it was a pretty much a, a big deal in New York, was if anybody lives in New York, you knew back in 2013 they had the SAFE Act, which essentially came to fruition in full effect January uh, 2018. Excuse me. Um, yeah, January 2018 this year. The fact that you every single handgun owner had to fully register their handgun along with a serial number, make, model, everything. They basically had to have the uh, person's information, everything background on it. Now, most people already complied with this significantly, and the issue that a lot of people are having in New York about, especially in the rural areas, is you guys already know as well as I do, gun registration, full-blown registration of every firearm you have down to the serial number, make, and model, um, eventually, at some point in time, whether it's a year, two years, five years, ten years, it always leads to confiscation. There's no significant or legitimate reason for a government body to know every single firearm in the entire state down to the person, address, and serial number unless they want to eventually come confiscate those weapons. But they're in a quandary now in New York because now they're saying as of the deadline – more than 81,000 people, or about 20% of the uh, people, gun owners in New York, have not responded to the state's demands to register their firearms, and they're not really sure how to handle this now, because technically, on the books, what I was looking at with the statute with it, the SAFE Act says, failure to register handguns is a felony offense, and your gun permit's automatically revoked. And obviously, with 81,000 people, the manpower and significant uh, energy it would take to try to start arresting that many people would be too much. But I find this crazy because I didn't know about this for a while until I started to do more research on it, though, that they actually were demanding that New York residents, New York State residents, have to have this um, registered. And excuse me, it was January 31st, 2018. That's why I was looking it up the other day. So as of February 1st, there are 81,000 people in New York that have not registered their guns and the state doesn't know what to do. What do you guys take on that? Well, it's definitely a, a constitutional crisis as we see, you know, this is not <laughs> the only that. state. There, there's other states. I look, think it was Massachusetts look. who Never. gave a deadline this week for all residents to turn in their bump stocks and uh, any accessories. It was either Vermont or Massachusetts, and only three people turned in their bump stocks. <laughs> These gun laws can never be enforced, and if they are enforced, you're talking about a full-scale civil war. Exactly, and, and you know what? If if I lived in New York and I was supposed to register my guns, then I'm a felon because I would never comply. And you know what? What like you said, Austin? What are they going to do? What are are they going to go out and 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 make eighty-one thousand uh, gun owners a felon or felons? Or, or what are they going to do? If everyone said "f you" to the state. 
to the unconstitutional laws, if everyone just gave them the middle finger and said, what are you going to do about it? You know what? Look at the lawlessness in Washington. Look at the look at the swamp that we've we've got. Uh, it's evident. FBI and DOJ don't even follow the laws. Yeah. So, so you know what? There you go. Uh, my my, my biggest concern. Yeah, my biggest concern about it is I think a lot of Americans. Obviously, eighty-one thousand Americans in New York have the same idea you and I both have. As far as I'm not going to follow that, it doesn't follow constitutional law. It blatantly breaks the Second Amendment. I'm not going to follow it. But what scares me about a lot of these laws is they don't come off the books. Meaning, the next generation of New Yorkers over the next five to ten years, even if New York says we're not going to penalize them, we're not going to make them felons, we're not really even going to enforce this law right now. But what they're going to do is they're going to slowly get a lot of those firearms off the market of the out of the law-abiding citizens after these guys die or as adults start to get older, teenagers get older, yes. they're going to start not being able to buy these firearms or they're going to have to do all kinds of rigorous paperwork and background checks just to be able to own a firearm, not even purchase one, but have the ability to even own one with the SAFE Act and on the FOIL card and the other ones they have. So to me, that kind of seems like that's where a lot of this agenda is, is right now they're like, well, is it worth a civil war with 81,000 people over handguns? Probably not. Is it going to be something that's going to be very lucrative by 2030 when the UN wants to start implementing a lot of their laws in the next 12 years that there's already a substantial amount of laws and restrictions there? That's where I think a lot of the stuff is going to come into play in the next generation. And that's why I've been, you know, my Hunter's almost two now. I'm going to completely raise him up. I mean, he's already, he already likes pellet guns and paintball and stuff like that. He's two. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm going to slowly teach him gun safety, teach him exact ways how to handle firearms, how to be safe with firearms, and let him know that that is a God-given right to be able to own a firearm and is not a privilege given to him by the state or go. the government, and it can never be taken away from him. And if we have a generation like that raised up onto the next round, They'd have a very hard time enforcing any of this stuff, but a lot of these kids are not being raised like that. Unfortunately, no, no, you're 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 exactly right, and and I and I believe this is where we draw the line. And you you want a yeah. war? Let's rock, lock and load. Mm-hmm. Um, and and no, you know, speaking of antiquated laws, by the way, it's it's still illegal to throw the throw a live moose out of an airplane in Alaska, just in case anyone wants to you know do that. <laughs> um, but but no, they they, they can t- toss this law right right to you know where, where the sun does not shine. It, it, and I'm serious, we, we can in fact um, make a difference if we all say no. But we all have to stick together and say no. Those, exactly. Those people who have registered their firearms, are, what's wrong with you? And that's I've yeah. been saying that. What is wrong with you? Just because somebody tells you you've got to, you've got to, yeah, it's um, go ahead. Well, yeah, and I mean, it, that's the same analogy I use. I'm like, well, in China, they say if you have, what, more than two girls, their children, the second child's a female or third child or something, you basically, it's mandated you have to abort your child. I don't remember the exact law on it. It's like, okay, I mean, really? Like, so that's something we're supposed to follow? What happens when the state is overreaching and tyrannical and they start coming in and demanding you do unethical, unlawful, and unconstitutional things? Oh, well, I'm just going to follow it because that's the law that they made now. No, absolutely not. Also, too, I wanted to touch on this very, very strange issue that seems to be um, going on with the Vegas autopsy. Have you guys talked about that at all this week? Not with the actual yeah. victims, but with Pollock as well, or Paddock as well. Yeah, we had Laura Loomer on 
on Tuesday, I believe it was, and she gave us updates. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's a citizen journalist who was there at, right after the shooting, uh, okay. thrown out of press conferences for asking the right questions to Lombardo. But she also was able to uh, breach the service elevator in the Mandalay Bay just last week and go up to the 32nd floor more than four times uninterrupted and made a video of that. But, yes, we know that uh, Paddock's body was was cremated on December 21st, yeah. and the coroner will not release the, even though ordered by a judge, will not release the final yep. autopsy, and they say because that report has not yet been finalized. But what has not been finalized about a report when the body was burned on September tw- December 21st? How do you not uh, have that completed? And what are they afraid it's going to show is the real question. Well, right. And then uh, as of this week so far, he released every autopsy supposedly from the last the 58 people that were basically killed. I think he released that yesterday. And, of course, all the names were redacted. Whether or not that was legit or not, I don't know. Um, the weird part about it to me, though, is that we also, too, saw the search warrant released from the SWAT raid on his room. And then what they did was this week, if you guys saw that, the official uh, official narrative, what they're saying on the search warrant, is that SWAT actually breached the room, and the front man, basically the breacher that was running point, saw Paddock stick a gun to his head and pull the trigger, which to me, that made no sense at all, is what I was talking to Dad about on our show the other day when I read that, because anybody that understands special weapons and tactics, especially with law enforcement, the front man, if you're breaching a room, the front man of the SWAT team, if you see anything that is even remotely resembles a threat, especially when you supposedly just had an active shooter that pulled off a thousand rounds more from a balcony, and you breach a room and you see somebody basically stick a gun up to their head, you're probably going to light them up regardless if he's even going to shoot himself. But secondly, the odd part to me is like what you were just saying. He shot himself in the head, supposedly, or in the mouth of the video show or the photo show. Yeah. And how long does that take to do an autopsy on? No, and only right. that, once you do the autopsy, why would you turn around and cremate the body when you don't even have a finalized autopsy? And as of today, he still has not released it. He has refused he's to release it. He's been fined for not yeah, releasing he, it. Yeah, he's getting fined now. He said it's not finalized. It's not finalized. And so to me, you know, I was talking to Dad. I said, this is either two factors. This guy may be stuck in a rock in a hard place. I don't know his background. I don't know if he's a, a legit coroner or if he's bought and paid for by the FBI. But there's a good possibility with this guy now. He's stuck in a pickle, a big one, because he may have looked at this now and he goes, okay, they breached the room at 11.52. SWAT team is now saying that they visually saw Paddock shoot himself as soon as they breached the room, which means his time of death should coincide exactly with the time of breach, no more than maybe 30 seconds to a minute off at most. So if his corner report shows anything other than the time of death being the exact time of the breach, it's going to be blatantly obvious that something was staged, and that's well, Austin, more than likely what's happening here. Let's talk about this, because I remember going through those videos of the Vegas shooting uh, for weeks, and we found a video of some people at a bus stop that were uh, crouching down, documenting the, the firings, and you heard the automatic burst. But then you heard two final shots about 10 seconds apart from each other, which were the last two shots you hear. And that first shot, single shot, came about 30 seconds after the last uh, burst of automatic fire. You hear boom, and then about 10, 15 seconds passes, and then you hear another boom. And in the pictures of Paddock on the ground, it looked like there was a, a blood or a wound on his shirt. There was a big uh, blood stain. And 
I don't know, you know, I, the cops didn't kill him. I don't believe the cops killed him. And I'm not sure that he killed himself. It, it did yeah. not. The whole thing is absolutely crazy. But who was, do you remember the corner from Sandy Hook? He, the guy was real weird. Yes. He looks like Paddock, by the way. But, you know, we saw, we see some really strange things out of corners who are involved in these high profile cases. And yes, it could be the FBI pressure in the corner saying, don't you dare release that report. Yeah. At the same time, a judge is saying, you release that report. I'd go with a judge, but. You know, this, the, all, this Vegas shooting has broken all protocol, uh, yeah. and standard operating procedure, which always points to something much bigger happening. No, you're exactly right, because even from the time of the shooting, from, you know, the, the automatic weapon fire, police didn't breach the room, if I'm not mistaken, on the timeline, to like 20 or 30 minutes after he was done shooting. And so, Nothing, as you said, nothing is added up with this. Protocol was not followed at all. Nothing matches up. So if it, this now that they're now that the SWAT team has come out and they're saying on the search warrant that they physically saw Paddock shoot himself, which I don't believe. I think they basically amended that and added that to it. Then that means, by all reason, the coroner report should directly reflect exactly what the breach time says at the exact same time if he killed himself in front of them. And that's, I think, the pickle they're in now because those times don't match. I'm 99.9% .9 confident that is not the situation that arose. And as you said, too, like we had the situation Sandy Hook. That never made any sense either. First off, you never saw any bodies being pulled out of the to the school, and then all of a sudden the parents can never see the children. The whole thing was staged to me, and this whole thing now, the more we're starting to see it, looks more and more like it was a full staged operation, and um, you know, just like we never even saw any type of muzzle flash coming out of the window, so a lot of weird stuff going on with that. Also, too, I wanted to add in, because last two weeks ago, you and I talked in detail about basically the issue of constitutional versus state rights, and what the line is drawn and where the police state will be probably drawn as far as the lines going to be drawn with the police state with ICE and basically doing these raids with illegals. And I found this last week, actually the um, yeah, in the beginning of this week, which I found very odd, ICE now has full access to the entire nationwide license plate recognition system compromising of billions of records of tags and plates. If you guys already know probably what this is, for the audience, the Nationwide License Plate Recognition Database is basically a huge database that monitors every single camera, pretty much in the United States, of any vehicle, tag, description, recognition it gets. The License Plate Recognition System involves the use of both fixed and mobile cameras, similar to what law enforcement use, which takes pictures of license plates while noting date, time, and GPS coordinates, the license plate images and associated data are then stored in a searchable database. They boast that it offers more than 5 billion nationwide detections, instances where license plates were captured, and adds more than 150 million new hits a month. Using the search history, they're able to find every location where a license plate has been seen over the last five years, allowing agents to build a detailed account of where a targeted person routinely travels. Now, they're saying that they're using this essentially to catch illegal immigration and stuff like that, and I got that, and especially with California being a sanctuary state, but it kind of leads me back to what we talked about two weeks ago. They're almost using this immigration crackdown now as an excuse to completely violate our rights. This is not the police system. 
This is called, this is basically a private security firm that collects all this data. The company is called Vigilant Solutions. And, um, this is something that kind of troubles me because now we're seeing that not only are illegal immigrants being targeted, but essentially the entire United States citizens are again being fully dragnetted through illegal surveillance essentially to me because you're talking about cameras taking photos of you, your vehicle, your tag. Everywhere you go that there's a camera, they're monitoring your vehicle back for the last five years. And these guys have unfettered access to it. They don't even have to have a warrant or an excuse to go on this database now. So this is something we have to really continue to watch that ICE doesn't become the new NSA or the new DHS. And we start having every faction of these alphabet agencies turn into these monitoring services that can literally watch and monitor everything we do because that's what I kind of feel like this is starting to lead into, guys. Well, you covered a lot there, Austin, and one of the things that's very interesting, you have the Real ID Act that is being implemented, and then, you know, the tracking. Yep. They they can track us uh, just by the, the NSA and other uh, intelligence agencies. They can ping our phones, even if yep. we have the location services turned off, even if the phone's turned off. They can still ping our phones and find out where we are. They can listen to us through our computers and through any electronic devices. It is such a surveillance state. And when it comes to license plate readers and, and facial recognition software and tracking, really there is no privacy unless you got rid of all those things and, and just started going on foot and whatnot. But it is such an abuse of power. And from what I understand, with the Real ID Act kicking in, you have to have the actual real ID, otherwise you're not going to be able to board flights. I know that's not what we were talking about, but this whole, uh, you know, cracking down on, um, freedoms and using Big Brother and other hot button issues in order to continue to crack down on American citizens when some of these programs are only used for, uh, you know, like ICE is used to detain uh, immigrations and customs is used to detain and deport illegal aliens. But if they're using those systems and services against the American people, as a spy and, uh, you know, keeping track of apparatus, then that's a big problem. Yeah, I agree, because like exactly what you just said, ICE's first designation was to basically detain illegals and work on deporting them, any issues like that surrounding that. Now we're talking about they have full access to every single license plate usage over the last five years nationwide to prevent illegal immigration. And the ID Act, that was something else I was going to talk about, that whole thing, I read about that, and I mean, that boggled my mind where that's going to go. And essentially, from what I read, if you don't basically switch over to this ID after so many years, once they set the deadline, you're not even going to be able to get a new job. Employers not even going to be able to legally hire you unless you have this ID, which makes me think it's going to turn into much more totalitarian aspects, so forth of, say, something as simple as vaccinations. Oh, well, your vaccination record is not up to par, or your child's vaccination record is not up to par. Basically, we're suspending your national ID card right now. You can't legally drive. You can't board a plane. You can't buy anything. You can't go get a new job. Your life basically stops until you comply with what we're telling you to do, and you get your national ID card updated with whatever we demand you to do. That, Papers, that is, please. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it turns into. Papers, but, please. But, but see, but, but, but can't. What if everyone said no? We're not going to do this. Exactly. I'm not. I don't want to do it. I'm just gonna, you know, why? 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 Why do I have to do? It? That's my question. Why? What constitutional grounds 
requires me to have a national biometric ID for me to live freely unmolested on my way. I've never seen a constitutional law that says that. And, and, <laughs> and, and you know, I, I see these morons, and I don't want to take your time off, but I see these morons out there who call themselves Christians, who have websites who are saying, well, this is a sovereign, you know, sovereign citizen movement. No, it's not. It's common friggin' sense. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, you're absolutely right. One last story, because I know we're running out of time on here. i got a couple minutes left. This is something I brought up a lot, and most people have always kind of argued with me about this regarding the flu vaccination. There's a new article that just came out now, published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. I've always brought this up because it's so crazy to me how we always have this flu season that has a tendency to coincidentally start when flu vaccines start being administered, if anybody else has noticed that. And what's funny to me is there's never a – the flu vaccine supposedly mutates every year. We have this new form of it, which in a lot of aspects I think that's accurate, but there's never a patient zero. There's never somebody you can say, this is where the flu started with again. It always seems to pop up. Flu season's here. Get your flu shots. And a month or two later, coincidentally, everybody has the flu. Well, now this new article, this study that was published, finds that people who receive flu shots emit 630% more flu virus particles in the air when they sneeze or cough compared to non-vaccinated individuals. In effect, the findings document evidence that flu vaccination spread the flu. Essentially, the findings in the document in a study entitled Infectious Virus in Exhaled Breath of Symptomatic Seasonal Influenza Cases from a Community College. They basically went through 500 different studies that they had published on this, and they did another study basing it off of this with 355 volunteers who were sick with flu-like symptoms, and they found that people who previously received the flu shots emitted sharply higher quantities of flu virus particles than others that basically had not received the flu shot, coming down to the fact that 630% more flu virus particles into the air during a sneeze or a cough with the subjects who had received the flu vaccination. That right there is about as clear-cut as it gets on what this stuff does to the body and why I've always told people for years, even before I knew about a lot of stuff, even in college when I was a kid, I used to always say, dude, don't get the flu shot, man. Everybody I know gets the flu shot ends up getting sick. And pretty accurate. Now we're seeing why, and we're seeing why this stuff spreads so fast once the flu vaccine starts getting administered. So I just want to tell the audience, keep your immune system up naturally. Vaccinations for the flu, they've already said they're like 10% effective this year, which I don't even believe that number's accurate. They've already blatantly said 10% effective. So 10% chance that it's going to help you, 90% chance that it's not. But the fact that when you get it, you know you're going to have a 600% more flu, basically, exhalation in your saliva or coughing when you get it, which means you're going to infect other people. No way, guys. Keep your immune system strong with a healthy immune support. That's one of the best ways to go. Eat clean. Stay off the GMO foods. Get lots of rest right now, especially during the season, and be drinking lots of purified distilled water and keeping your system flushed out. But I want to share that with your audience today, guys, about the uh, flu vaccine because I thought it was a pretty crazy article. Yeah, it is. And, you know, uh, we talked about with, with Ted the dangers of this flu season. We also had John Rappaport on where he said that only Good. 18% of the, uh, the, the people who were treated with flu had their samples sent in, or all the people who, who were diagnosed with flu had their skin tissue samples sent in. And it only showed 18% of those people mm-hmm. having the flu, making him wonder what else is really going on. And I read today 
yesterday or today about a different uh, uh, type flu type virus, a much different strand that mimics the same uh, symptoms as flu uh, of the flu, but it's something different, which lasts a lot longer. And I wonder how many people are suffering with that. But either way, it's been an epidemic. We have children dead, almost 40 children dead, and thousands of others across the country from flu-related illnesses. That includes pneumonia, also. So Austin Brewer is, uh, and, and congratulations, Daddy. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations, man. It's it's been going good. Keeping her healthy, you know, keeping everybody away from her right now. Friends and family, pretty much the only ones allowed to come over and see her, especially with this whole flu garbage. But thank you. I appreciate it. She's Is doing she... great. She's growing. She's breastfeeding great. She's eating strong. She's starting to get alert already. Is she Definitely taking her cortisol buster? What was that? Is she taking her cortisol yeah. buster and ultimate multiple? <laughs> I haven't put her on the cortisol buster, nor have I put her on the attention factor yet. Okay. I think they may be a little, a little too aggressive for it, two weeks old. But they weren't pretty good for me so far. I take them usually pretty often. <laughs> well, congratulations, Austin, and we look forward to talking with you in the future. Sharon Borer will be joining us right after this. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Stay with us, ladies. This is the final segment for the Hagman report today this is friday february 2nd 2018 a day a very historic day a day when everything has been uncovered with respect to the the attempted usurpation of our constitution of our constitutional republic and you the american the, the, as an american if you and by the way if you are listening as i say on my morning show and, and folks do me a favor tune into my morning show and, and tune into the Joe and John show. Uh, I talked about this all morning this morning from uh, 9 to 10, which, by the way, I had some issues as those people say, saying, hey, you know, your show wasn't uh, available live, okay? Working the issues out. Hang with us. Hang with me on this. As well as, um, uh, but, but uh, the bottom line here is, uh, it's, it's only by the grace of God that we dodged this bullet because of Hillary, Diane Rodham, the Yak Clinton would be in office right now. Let me tell you something. None of this would ever come out. And the DOJ and the FBI stonewalled the Nunes investigation, the House uh, Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, for so long. It's incredible. Now, uh, before we get to Sharon Brower, because we only have a little bit of time here with, with Sharon, and it's what she's got is so important. I just want a couple of important announcements, if you're just tuning in. The, the regular Patreon meeting that was scheduled for this Sunday is rescheduled for next Sunday because we got a couple of emails saying, hey, do you, you realize that this Sunday is the Super Bowl because people do want to watch the Super Bowl. Okay, fine. So it's for next Sunday. And we thank you for your support. The patrons, we thank you so much for your support. The people have sent uh, uh, assistance via PayPal, thank you. And via mail, thank you. We read all of the email we get. We read all of the mail we get. One last thing as well. Uh, I want to thank specifically Global Star Radio, Global Star Radio. The, what you're seeing right now, the the video, the the uh, the video on Hagman Report is not through YouTube. YouTube said, uh uh-uh. uh, and they they even slapped me for mentioning the live stream on a YouTube uh, video. So you can see where the writing is on the wall. The conservatives, the Christian conservatives, the people with different political ideologies than the Silicon uh, denizens of the Silicon Valley, the swamp creatures there, it's it's not long for this world. We will post these shows on YouTube after the fact. But thank you, Global Star Radio, for, for making this available for us. I mean, you talk about some stuff that Eric the Tech had to do, incredible stuff. 
I mean, he was up. I, I, he hasn't slept in like six days. I don't know. It, it's the attention factor that he's taking um, that is working for him. So anyway, said that saying that uh, Sharon, thanks for uh, bearing with me during those announcements. Oh, those were important announcements, <laughs> guys. It's so good to be with y'all again. I, we were here two weeks ago, and I always try and come to the table with something different, something important. And it seems like I'll pray as to what to talk about on y'all's show, and it's all. God's got a whole different way to go. Uh, I want to talk about GMOs today, and I know we've talked about it a lot, but this is going to be really different, so stay with me because it's got a different twist to it. I, I've i got something that kind of like a call to action because all the patriots listening on our show and the Hagman show and all the other you know great shows it's so important that we all come together when there's something that we want to get out. We depend on you, the listeners, to take this information and share it and share it and share it, make copies of articles, uh, send you know downloads and all that, and just share the shows because we can't do it by ourselves. Without you, none of us would be able to do this. So we depend so much on all the listeners to get this information out and help us because we're all in this together. We're all one. And I tell you what, we can do a much better job as a team than we can individually. Don't you all agree with that? Absolutely. Sorry. Uh, when, I talk, yeah. when I talk about the GMOs, though, I'm talking about mainly the soy, which includes the soy oil, anything with soy in it, corn, cotton, canola, beet sugar. Those are the main products are the main foods that are genetically altered today that we hear about. And Sharon, then we've got and then yeah, not to interrupt, but Paul Joseph Watson, and you might not uh, agree with his delivery and, and uh, his content. He's a little harsh, but he talks about that. He did a video called Soy Boys, and he showcased a BuzzFeed team of male writers who took testosterone tests as they are very uh, feminine, and all of them had the testosterone of an 85-year-old male, and right. all of them promoted how you know their fridge is filled with soy products and in this video he did he goes on to document how all the terrible health effects that soy has on young men and uh, it is just unbelievable the damage that it does yet people uh, believe it is the healthy alternative but there is a, a movement of soy feminizing males <clears throat> oh what it does it actually it actually changes uh, it, it actually in in the in the um, womb, when a baby's in the womb, if a mother is giving that baby soy or she's eating soy, it actually will change the brain chemistry of a little boy into that of a little girl because soy is an estrogen mimicker, meaning that the body takes it as an estrogen. And estrogen is not something that you alpha males want. I hope you know that. You want testosterone. That's what makes a man a man. And you know, we're just. We're, I got oodles of uh, testosterone. And you know what? I love it, guys. I give me, give me these guys that are gun-toting patriots, that God-loving. You know, just that are men. And we're just, we're losing that. Our son, our oldest, our second oldest son, Harrison, that is uh, our shipping manager, is getting ready to go to Florida State. And we told him, I mean, we are not politically correct. None of us are on these shows. But we told him, we said, Harrison, there's a whole world out there that you're going to see that it's just, you know, it's it's gotten really bad. 
and it's just it's the feminizing of our males and it's it's on purpose it's you know of course we know what they're doing but soy not only is bad for you but then you get the it's also genetically um, altered so you have a gmo soy which is really bad then you got the corn which is like corn oil everything with corn uh the cotton and you say well what about cotton well actually a lot of animals eat cotton the cotton plants um in in countries and stuff like that and then beet sugar oh excuse me the, 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 you get the sugar beets from where the sugar comes from it in our book uh eat clean and be healthy we've got a whole section on the gmo foods and i suggest that you read that and take it seriously guys i know we get people all the time friends and everything they're just they just don't want to be coachable they'll do so well they'll start eating organic then they'll go back to the gmos then they've got stomach issues their their health starts deteriorating it is real gmo food is not good for you also uh hawaiian papayas would be next on the list and then the next one and i'm talking about it order of of how much they are genetically altering these products would be actually some of your zucchini and yellow squashes but the main thing i want to talk about today is corn because corn is something that you've got to eat organic Now you may say I can't afford it it's too expensive. Well you know what I have to say about that? Find a way. Get something that you're spending money on that you don't have to have and invest in your diet and get rid of the GMO foods. I know that there we talk about Chipotle being a restaurant that actually or or they talk about being GMO free and they got a lot of lot a lot of bad publicity over that. but they're still in business they're doing great and now panera bread actually is starting to go that route so those are the only restaurants that will really support because we don't eat out that much because we can't we can't tell everybody how bad something is and then we do it ourselves we are super strict and we walk it and we talk it because we really believe god has called us to do this and for the last 30 years we've been the lonely voice it seems like in the wilderness saying don't do this don't do that but it really does work find a way to spend the extra money for organic do whatever you have to do it's worth it it's worth your Sh- health Sharon, worth can i interrupt something okay Go ahead. okay yeah. uh, on buying organic and now and, and folks listen carefully to this cuz i saw a video and, and maybe you can tell me if this is true and i asked like i asked i even asked a guy at the at the supermarket he thought i was he, he looked at me he thought i was nuts okay to identify organic produce do you know the stickers the four digit stickers yes. uh, okay or okay if it begins with a 4 it's bad if it begins if it begins with a 9 it's organic have you even heard that no it's not yes. true or, i bought organic I've, bananas I've, yesterday I've heard the, it. okay the PLU wait code was 4077 i found it you're right i found it's not true but i've heard that yes it's not true what what i go by is the universal symbol for usda organic certified That's what you have to go by. There's also a universal symbol for GMO free. And those are the only two things I really think you can trust. Now, I don't I don't want to I don't like dissing people or dissing companies um Oh, this away. Okay. I'm really ticked off with Whole Foods. You know, they kind of sold themselves to uh well to to well to Amazon and I don't trust them. We've got a chain here in Florida called Chamberlain's. Those people they they're they're a small corporation very small but they're they maybe have maybe 15 stores and Amazon hasn't bought them out yet 
They haven't given over to Whole Foods. And their prices are really good. And, you know, I really trust them. But there's very few things I'll buy at Whole Foods unless it's something from another company that I know is organic. I just don't trust them anymore because, again, they sold out to Amazon. But we talk about GMOs with people. And the twist I had today, and it really is a burden on me because, you know, we spend a lot of time up in North Carolina. And we, like a lot of you and a lot of the listeners, we love animals. I mean, we're great animal lovers. If you're not, okay, I'm sorry, but we really really love wildlife and animals and we're around a lot of deer and everything and Doug and Joe y'all being from Pennsylvania I mean we're hearing a lot of stuff about the deer up there and I thought well you know I'm going to talk about this and address this today because well let's let's even go further people and their pets like their dogs their cats pretty much somebody either has a dog or a cat if they have a pet at home but the problem is is that the GMO food that we're feeding our animals is very dangerous. And years ago, I mean, growing up when we had pets, we didn't have we didn't have problems with skin problems and digestive problems and all that that you're seeing in these animals today in our in our, our home pets. And it's gotten really ridiculous. Uh, Doctor Michael W. Fox who was a former vice president of the International Humane Society. He's a renowned veterinarian. He spent a lifetime working with GMO foods in pet food. And he's found a tremendous, tremendous um, correlation with the GMO corn, the GMO soy in these pet foods. And he just says stay away from them. For instance, in uh, 2009, there were over 60% corn grown in the U.S. was genetically modified. And according to more recent information, Monsanto has disclosed that half of the sweet corn grown in the U.S. farms comes from genetically modified seed. Half of it. GMO corn contains 19 times more glyphosate, which is Roundup, which is horrible, than is permitted as a maximum in drinking water. It also is 130 times more glyphosate that has been found in tests to cause organ damage in animals. Now we talk about organ damage in animals. Think about uh, the people you talk to. Oh, my, my dog's going to have this. I mean, even hearing about transplants in animals, uh, digestive issues. It goes on and on and on. Well, we've got to quit giving our pets GMO foods too, guys. And normally, most people feed their animals better than they eat themselves. I've known people that will they they will not touch uh, GMO food. They will not give their animal corn, soy. It's got to be it's got to be the best food that they can possibly buy. Yet you'll see them eating junk, and I just don't understand it because if they took care of themselves as good as well as they took care of their animals, they'd be in a lot better shape. But uh, Dr. Fox went on to say that. Glyphosate, which is an herbicide, is applied to millions of acres across the United States and other countries, and these poisons are absorbed by the crops. Now, they're absorbed by the crops. They are engineered to be herbicide-resistant. That's the whole reason that we have the crops. But the herbicides cause kidney damage in animals, endocrine disruption, and birth defects in frogs and amphibians because you got the runoff from all the glyphosate. 
Glyphosate has also been linked to miscarriage, premature births, and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in humans. Independent animal feeding safety studies show adverse and unexplained effects of GMO foods, including inflammation, abnormal cell growth in the GI tract, as well in the liver, kidney, testicles, heart, pancreas, and brain. Dr. Fox's advice to pet owner is to buy only USA organic certified food for your pet. We don't need to be giving these animals grains. Dogs and cats don't need grains. They need meat. Get the best you can. That's just a sideline. But what that leads me into is the main thing I wanted to talk about was the deer population. I know you guys, Doug and Joe, are from Pennsylvania, and I'm very impressed with the Pennsylvania Game Commission website and some of the information they have because Jerry Frazier of the Pennsylvania Game Commission, Jim Kroom, which is a deer biologist for West Virginia Division of Natural Resources, and Ann Bellman, which is a veterinarian and wildlife disease specialist of the National Wildlife Health Center, all agree and unanimous that they say feeding deer is a bad idea. And in New York, it's a criminal act. Actually, in New York, it's actually illegal to feed deer by putting out any material that attracts deer to feed. You can face a fine of up to $250 and 15 days in jail for each day of the offense. Now, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm kind of glad that they're doing this because the problem is, and I don't want to get all you hunters offended because we love to hunt. Our favorite meat, our favorite meat is antelope. If you ever had antelope, it's one of the best game meats. We love venison. But guys, there's a problem out there. We're feeding these deer, which I love. I love the deer and watching the deer up in North Carolina. And it's just so peaceful. We love the animals. But for some reason, it's always bothered me Ted said, well, let's get some corn and feed them. Well, Ted, I don't want to give them regular corn because it's 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 genetically modified. It's GMO. He goes, well, we could get non-GMO. Okay, well, let's do that. Well, really, corn is not healthy for the deer. There's alternatives you can do, which we'll talk about towards the end of this segment. But the problem is, is that corn, most of wildlife lovers offer their deer corn on a regular basis even if it's labeled deer corn, feeding corn to deer is about the worst thing you can do unless you're trying to kill the deer. Now, this was from um, you know, the the Game Commission in Pennsylvania, and it's not illegal to feed deer in Pennsylvania, but I really like how they look at it. The problem, and I, I was thinking, well, we don't want to feed the corn GM, we don't want to feed the deer GMO corn, so let's start promoting non-GMO corn, thinking you know that would be the answer. But the more research and the more I dug, it, the, the problem is the winter feeding is when people like up north where you guys are, it's snowing, everybody feels bad. Oh, we got to help the deer out. We got to feed them. Let's give them corn. And in a uh, eight, uh, 1984 Pennsylvania study found that deer could survive at least one month with no food at all during winter. Deer lose 20% or more of their body weight by burning fat reserves. They are well adapted to survive many stresses that winter presents. 
Uh, and Mr. Croom says, he understands that people mean well, but I see too many deer on my necropathy table doing, um, you know, checking to see why they died with bellies full of corn. Because deer have four chambers in their stomach. And the first part of their stomach, when, when the corn is going, cause they, they regurgitate it and they chew on it. But within six hours after they've digested the corn, the corn alters the environment in the rumen, which is the first part of their stomach. It turns the rumen, the acidic acid, and it destroys the microbes needed for normal digestion. That's what corn does when you feed it to a deer. Now, I know as far as hunting, this is what you do. You put the corn out and all that. But there's other things you can do besides that if, if, if you really care about it. I mean, because, guys, I want to have all this, these animals and, 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 and good water and, and wildlife and all that for our children's children. And, you know, if we just keep taking it for granted and giving them all this junk and not really being serious about getting these messages out, there's not going to be really anything for them to enjoy and like we've grown up with in the past. Um, here's an article here from Outdoor Life, and it says, it's hard to eat in America without swallowing genetically modified bites of food. I mean, we, we all know that, going out to eat. There may be no other wild animal in the nation that eats so much genetically modified food as the white-tailed deer. According to Dr. Raven, he said the suggestion that, that, that fiddling with the genetic blueprint of a plant could harm the wild animals that eat it was on a basis with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service um, decision to ban GMO on national wildlife refuges in the Northeast. So they're actually banning GMO corn to be fed to these animals in these refuges, and um, I know, and if you've ever been, I don't know if you guys have ever been out to Wyoming, to Jackson Hole, and they've got a huge elk refuge, and this is what we're talking about. They're banning the use of this now and finding, you know, natural things that the deer like to eat that are in nature and make that more plentiful for them and available for them if they want to feed them. Joe, if y'all, are y'all, do y'all have deer up there where you oh, are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sharon, yeah. we have, uh, so many deer. They run through the city. Well, on occasion, so in the front of our vehicles. Uh, that have happened. My dad's totaled his car and killed the deer in the oh, process once. We have yeah. lots of deer. Oh, yeah. I know one time we were going through Pensacola, I think, uh, Pensacola, <laughs> Pennsylvania from, um, west to east. And it's the biggest state I've ever seen dead deer on the side of the road and I know y'all have a problem but so you're thinking well you know this will take care of it but what my whole thing is is that we're they're a good game meat and we're just filling them full of GMOs and then we're ingesting the the meat so we are getting it Uh, I did a lot of research on this it it kind of negged me out to be honest with you it's like I, I really had had enough of it but I found one study from Whitetail, it's called North American Whitetail, it's a periodical, and I found an article in there, and uh, how am I doing on time, guys? You got just a few minutes left. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it was um, some game wardens up in Montana, and they found real quick that 
1995, when the GMOs were really introduced into the corn, they had been studying deer behavior, deer, deer illnesses and all that. And it's amazing what they came up with, finding that after 1995, all the deformations, birth defects, deaths and everything that were just off the chart after the, after the introduction of the GMO corn, and it had gotten worse all the way up to 2015. But they also found out that glyphosate, which is Roundup, has been shown to act synergistically with um, chlorothionol, which is Bravo, a fungicide with cyanide as part of its molecule. Simultaneous exposure of these two together have been shown to cause much worse damage to cellular function than either one of them alone. And this is, again, what they're putting into the GMO corn. Because the corn can be a, a um, how do you want to put it? It's I've got so much information here. It's like a poison absorber and a poison producer because they put the toxins in it. So um, I just suggest, number one, as far as the deer and everything, what you need to do if you want to attract deer, put out organic alfalfa. You can, you can actually grow the alfalfa there and clover and just make sure your seeds are GMO-free seeds. Uh, go ahead and plant fruit trees, uh, dogwood trees, and things like that, berries, things that you don't care about them eating. And you'll have plenty of deer if that's how, if you want to attract them. But using the corn is not the way, guys. I mean, I, if you read what I read, it's just, it's really sad. But again, it's happening now in the wildlife. We're, we're starting to see that. But more importantly, it's the, the, you know, the human consumption that's so bad. And, and it's part of the eugenics program, really. Is, is oh, it not? Oh, I mean, oh, 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 yeah. This is it. Okay. It, it's very interesting, too, because, you know, uh, uh, up here, very relevant to, to what, to what we're seeing up here. And especially this time of year. Yes. Um, actually, I took a photograph of, I think, maybe four or five deer that actually was walking through my backyard which uh, uh -huh. my home so very interesting very interesting well it's just a different spin but um mm. it's it it's just we are in, we're ingesting it and venison is a very very popular meat <laughs> yeah so it's it's pretty sad i think but guys i enjoyed it hey we enjoyed it, it something different tonight it wasn't on it wasn't so much on on um, human health, but you know, I just felt like it's something I need to address. Exactly, and, and you also addressed on on our pets as well. You know, I, I look, I love my dog, and and some very good information, and uh, I think that 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 helps everyone. So, Sharon, thank you so very much uh, oh, for being you. on. Thank you. And I can't say enough about attention factor. Uh, it is a fantastic product. You guys really hit this one out of the park. Attention factor. Uh, Doug25 for 25% off this product. Let me tell you something. It is worth it. It is worth it. it I, I love this stuff. I, You know, look, you, you, you all have great products. Every product is great. But this, there, there's something. I'll tell you what. Whatever. I need, I'm, I'm buying a case, okay? Cause, and, and get it while it lasts. Doug25, attention factor. Uh, Sharon, thank you so very much. Awesome. Wow. Thank you, guys. Awesome job all the way around. You, thank you, Austin, and Ted, as always, Amen. Sharon. Thank you so much. Your book, Eat Clean and Be Healthy. That's right. Make sure you grab that at healthmasters.com. Thanks, Sharon.
Thank you, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Yes. <laughs> hey, you going to be watching the Super Bowl? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I, I'm more of a college fan than a pro. Yeah. So. Just wanted but. to know if you had a, a an inclination as to who you think will win. Nope. Okay. I'm at, you're asking the wrong person. If it was college football, I'd have an answer for you. But I'm just, you know, I love my college teams. Sharon, who's playing yeah. in the Super Bowl? Yeah, there you go. Who's playing? Come on, come on. You're asking me a question. I don't even know. <laughs> That's why I asked. I didn't think you would, Sharon. I was I, just messing I with should, you. I can tell you about GMO and deer. There you go. There you go. <laughs> no, All thank right. you. Thank you so much. And and by the way, folks, uh, because of the Super Bowl, I made this announcement earlier. We're going to make it one more time. Because of the Super Bowl Sunday, uh, people have expressed a desire to spend the time with the families, go to parties and such. So the Patreon conference, the Fireside Conference, that's scheduled for the first Sunday, going to be a week delayed this time. And then we'll get back on a regular schedule thereafter. So, uh, one, so instead of this Sunday, kind of cross that off your calendar. Make it for next Sunday. A week from this Sunday, then we'll have a campfire setting there. Uh, I want to thank all of the people, Patreon members. Thank you so very much, um, Global Star, for for really stepping up to the plate and allowing us to broadcast video feed. And uh, in the absence of YouTube live feed, thank you so very much. Thank you for everyone who has come to the HagmanReport.com to watch the video feed. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio, for allowing us to continue our broadcast there that's blog talk radio and uh eric the tech jackie john joe the entire team we thank you so much monday what oh yes uh, guess what i got invited back to, i got invited back to uh host the uh host Infowars on monday again awesome. i'm not sure if that's a second try or a second chance or if they just said hey that's okay no, seriously, it was it was fun, and I want to thank Alex Jones and Infowars and all the staff there. Great yeah, people there. Absolutely great work. We'll be back Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.